When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Let's go places. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Living the dream once again here on this fabulous Saturday. Hartman and Papinga with you on the vast Fox Sports Radio Network. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to say, 15% or more in your car insurance with Geico. Go to Geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Brady, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic there, Stevie. How you doing? You watching that wedding over in England right now? You know, you, you getting that uh Well, no, I got, wedding at, I got up at 4 a.m. Didn't you get up at 4 a.m. to watch oh. it live? Of course not. All yeah. I did was uh, I saw that my daughter was watching it, and the only question I asked was, why in the world are we watching a wedding, first on TV, and then secondly, a wedding of somebody who is a stranger? What in the flipping world is going on here, Steve? Now, why I do we am, do that? I am old enough to admit that I watched when Prince Charles married Princess Diana. That was in 1981. Yeah, but what's uh, the point? Who cares? And the think about it. Everybody's like, well, they're princes and princesses. They're royalty. But who decided that? 
Who who in the very beginning well, of this whole is, that's the history English monarchy? Of, that's that's uh, the monarchy. Well, why did they pick that family? Why did they pick some other family? <laughs> well, I know, why can't uh, we all be princes and princesses? Well, that, that goes I, I mean, back centuries and centuries and centuries. You know, as far I get as that, you know, Steve, then, but yeah. it doesn't mean anything. That's my whole point. Well, it it's means like, something could, to th- a lot of people. Well, it's because it's pure tradition. It doesn't make any sense. What they need to do is they need to film somebody stranger, some stranger's wedding, mm-hmm. and it'll be just as elaborate as this one, and just call it the royalty wedding. It's just you know what it's like. It reminds me of the college football playoff that ESPN has. It's like who all of a sudden decides that you're the champion. Oh, okay, ESPN does. Okay, I guess we're you're going to be the national champ then. I guess instead of us playing it out, you know, it's like sort of the same thing. It's like oh, who decided that this is royalty? You know, some monarch group. Back well, in the it day? goes back. Sen- it's not heck? like somebody just designated this family for royalty. Still. It goes back centuries and centuries. Well, By the they way, did. It's not but a bad centuries, deal. Centuries ago, Steve. But, centuries and centuries ago, somebody did just randomly decide that hey, this family is going to be the royal family. Here, now here's it's the just, deal. Now this is a good deal for There's the royal no family. Reason. So uh, this Prince Harry guy, he has the best of all things because his older brother, unfortunately, is in line to actually be the king. No one wants to do that. I mean, that's a lame <laughs> Nobody job. Nobody wants to be the king. But it, no, yeah, who, you don't want to be mean, that because there's king? too much responsibility. But this guy, Harry's got it good because here, here's <laughs> how it works Harry. as far as the <laughs> succession to the throne. So when the queen <laughs> passes, and again, she's already in her 90s. That doesn't seem yeah. to be slowing down. First in line is... Prince Charles, who, of course, is the mm-hmm. father of William and Harry. He's the yep. first in line. But a lot of people think by the time he gets there, he'll pass on it. He'll pass it on to William, his uh, oldest son. Harry gets all the goodies. Now, let, let me tell you about wealth, okay? okay? So the only job that this 33-year-old Harry actually had was in the military. Both he and his brother served in the military, and he was making a salary of about $50,000 a year. However, okay. when okay. his mother died tragically in that car crash, She had this inheritance that was passed down to her two sons, and that was money that was passed down to her by the queen's mother. Now, the queen's mother lived to be 100 Mm. years old. That was Queen Elizabeth's mother. And so they're each worth about $40 million. That's how much they have, $40 million in the bank. Hmm. But they don't have to. Their job is to do what they are, and that is to be a prince. I mean, you, your job well, just is to be a public figure, a public figure, and be a prince. And so this uh, Meghan Markle, who was on this obscure uh-huh. show on, no one saw on USA Network called Suits, I mean, she's really scoring big. But she has to play along in this role. She has. She's an actress, and now she's going to have a new. So it's pretty acting easy role. for her, yeah, right? right. <laughs> this was like Princess Grace. I mean, you know, Grace <laughs> Kelly was one of the biggest stars in Hollywood, and she may, yeah. married this Prince Renier out there in Monaco, and then she had a new role as uh, this, you know, queen. So it's uh, it's okay. a, you have to play the role. Think of them as actors. Think of that. It's sort oh, of like okay. a show. That's what yeah. it is. It's, it's like a reality show. Exactly. Okay. It, so, so it's just, like we're watching a reality show, exactly. but it's like a real uh, Disney show. Is what we're watching. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. And so some I people are into it, some people. So don't it, think I of it anything it. seriously. It's not to be okay. taken seriously. Okay. By the way, the, the, the I did look this up today. The actual royal family is worth mm-hmm. in tune of about $88 billion, the entire okay. family. Okay. Right. So it's 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 a good place to be if if that's your thing. Unfortunately, certain responsibilities come with it, and it would seem to be an insanely boring life, but that's that's me, that's you, and uh, that's other right. people might be into it. Uh, by the way, is um, is the NBA playoffs still going on? Did, did it end? Because <laughs> well, I, I, well, last night there were no games, uh, and la- the night Today, before there were no game. games. I'm, I know I've been watching hockey every night. I don't know the NHL playoffs are going on because every single night there's a hockey game. 
How is it once again, I'm trying to think of the schedule, and some people got on to me about this the last time I mentioned this, but I'm still trying to figure this out. Okay, so on su- last Sunday, mm-hmm. we had Cleveland and Boston opening games. So they played Sunday and Tuesday, and then there's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday off, and finally game three is today. And then you have the Warriors-Rockets. They played Monday-Wednesday. And then they have Thursday, Friday, Saturday off, and they play Sunday. When did this start? This, this idea of these gaping holes in these best-of-seven series. Doesn't it sort of lose a little when we're like, where's the NBA? No, no. To me, it's it just builds the anticipation. I, I like it. And, yeah, well, this is why. Because, as you saw in the last game, at least with the Rockets and the Warriors, you had Chris Paul had some deal going on with his Keeley's calf. And then, obviously, you know, Steph Curry still has got the lingering effects. And I would say it's more conditioning. I don't believe he has any structural issues, but just the conditioning effects of having sat out for so long with his knee issue. And it gives those guys at least a chance to recover instead of it just being a grind. And I'd rather see these teams at their best going at each other versus having the Rockets or the Warriors facing each other with two of their best players, Steph, and and also Chris Paul at the Rockets, not 100%. So I'm, I'm good with it. It builds the suspense. It builds the anticipation. And I, I, I believe that's what they're going for here. But I can I see your point, too, because it was a big void in my sports day. Yes. As uh, I, I was you know looking forward to whether the Cavs played or the Celtics. Well, I didn't or, get it. I mean, Rockets we had it. The, the Warriors. It, it's all of a sudden, there's three days. Like, right. Well, there's nothing to do. Okay, I guess I'm going to put on some Yeah, you know, I, don't, I, don't I don't understand know, why, there, why there was this, this time off. I mean, we had... We had games Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Good. We're off to a good start. I'm into it, watching the games. And then Thursday, no game. Okay. Well, then that Friday will be a game. No game. No game Friday yeah, I as well. Sure be a game Friday. Like, that what, seemed weird. What is going on? All right. So we're going to resume the series. Obviously, first up is going to be Boston and Cleveland. And I guess the question is, can Cleveland get back in the series? Again, all Boston oh, did was yeah. is win the first two games at home. In other words, they held home court. They usually say a series doesn't really start until a road team wins. Uh, obviously, if Boston wins tonight, the series is over because no team in the history of the NBA playoffs has ever mm-hmm. been down 3-0 and come back. The question is, what do you do if you're Cleveland? Because in Game 1... Boston shut down LeBron. Game two, they did not. I mean, LeBron was phenomenal. 42 points, triple-double. You know, even Kevin Love had like 22 and 15, and they still lost. And it really wasn't close. It's just amazing that with the Celtics, when you lose a Kyrie Irving and obviously Gordon Hayward, a non-factor all season long, that they're winning on their depth. You would think like you lose your top players that you're going to be shortchanged, but it's the depth of this Celtic team that's dominated the series so far. Yeah, I mean, also, to me, it's just they're connected. They're all connected because they are a legit team. I mean, they don't have egos. You know, Morris, for example, went from being on the bench. Now he was starting, and this started with the beginning of the series. And, uh, you know, the guy that he's – that he the place he took, I believe, was Smart's place. He wasn't complaining about it. He's like, hey, man, let's go. You know, this is a better matchup. We're going to have Morris play LeBron. And I, as you'd mentioned, they, they, they put a lot of guys on LeBron. It's just not Morris. But, uh, the, he, you know, he caused them some issues. But to me, the biggest issue has to do with LeBron. LeBron is not only their biggest asset, but right now he's their biggest problem. And here's why. First – 
when he goes like the game one, I do believe he was trying to delegate and empower a little bit more to his guys because he knew I can't carry it. I'm just going to run out of gas, guys. I can't do this all by myself. But the unfortunate thing is I don't believe he communicates that with his guys before the game. I don't believe it's ever a plan. I believe he goes out there, sort of fills it, and then just like, okay, I'm going to defer these guys, try to get them involved. And, and they're not ready for it because they're expecting him just to go out and play pretty much hero ball the whole time. And then all of a sudden, when they're maybe anticipating him in that second game to maybe continue on that same kind of thing. Okay, now we got one game. Let's go out and really do it this game. He goes and he, he plays hero ball. He just takes over and controls everything. And they're like, okay, well, we'll just sit here and watch LeBron do his thing. And you can't do that. That's not sustainable, especially against a team like the Celtics that I said is the epitome of a team to where they're relying on each other. They're putting their egos aside. One guy can't beat a collective group of 10 guys. You're going to run out of gas. We saw it with LeBron. He was, I mean, third quarter, he was done. I mean, he had run out of gas. He was tired and he was doing his kind of, I call active rest. Yeah. To where he's still on the floor, but he's just sort of watching. You know, he's out there. He's trying to get, he's trying to rest up. He's not defending and he's trying to get himself, you know, at least feeling a little better than he was previously so that he can go and attack the rim and do his thing. But that's just not sustainable. So the chance, the only chance they really have a get back into this thing, holding, uh, holding serve on their home court is he has to delegate and empower those guys around him and then pick his shots. If not, they're going to be out quick. Yeah, and uh, again, I, you'd, it'd be foolish to discount his chances because remember, just two years yeah. ago in the NBA Finals, they're down 2-0 to the Golden State Warriors, 73-win Golden State Warriors, down 2-0, down 3-1, uh, yeah. and came back to win that series. In fact, he has twice been down 2-0 in series and come back and won. So nothing is beyond LeBron James. Now, speaking That's of true. LeBron James, I wanted to get into this because, you know, whatever happens, happens in these playoffs i think more people are interested in what his future is than what his present is because there's so many different <laughs> possibilities true. i'm going to throw something out there from the geico fox sports radio studios as another alternative that some people are now saying could be number one on his list as mm. a future destination in the nba find out where that is coming up next Steve Harbin, Super Bowl champion Brady Papinga with here on a beautiful Saturday. Hey, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. The LeBron watch is going to get a little more interesting. All right, so Brady, we, we've talked about yeah, all yeah. the possibilities. Basically, there are, there are four. There, there really have been five on the table. All right. These are the five. Mm -hmm. You have okay. staying in Cleveland, which remember, if he stays in Cleveland, he can make more money in Cleveland than anywhere else. Now you understand <laughs> that, right? He can opt well, out of his, his current deal. Remember, remember his contract. He'll make more money. It doesn't right. mean he'll make overall more money, but it's in his contract. Okay. So, you're so right. okay. Contractually, he can make more. All right. So that's one possibility. Now there are four other teams. One of the teams we've been talking about is San Antonio, that they're an outside yep. chance that's because right. of his. Respect for pop, uh, which he has made mm -hmm. absolutely clear. We've talked about it's Philly. pop. You said pot. No, I said pop. P -O -P. I said pop. Okay. I said pop. good. good. Uh, yeah, I, then I was then, like, wow, I didn't know LeBron was a No, a you're thinking smoker, pot. Anyway. You're thinking pot. <laughs> and I said pop. Like no, no, no. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. So, and then you got Philadelphia. People have talked about that whole dynamic with Ben Simmons and Embiid. Staying in the East oh, maybe yeah, makes yeah. a little sense there. Houston, obviously, has been a big play. How that would work, though, between himself, the beard, Chris Paul, that It'd seems be like a weird dynamic. It, 
Well, no, it's it's actually pretty. Let me. Well, we'll keep going, and I'll tell you all what right. that actually. And then obviously we've also going. talked a lot about the Lakers, and the Lakers seem to be that one yeah. team that obviously Laker fans. Well, it's interesting how few Laker fans seem to be excited about this. You know, I always talk to Nick over here. I mean, he hates the idea of LeBron James in a Laker uniform. I mean, you're happy with five straight years of losing, and you want to continue that as long as possible. Is that right, Nick? Oh, yeah, Steve. I, I love that year after year, the, the yeah. speculation mm-hmm. and just the losing. <laughs> right. And, man, I, Laker You can't get enough close. of it. Oh. Yeah, okay. I, I'm, I'm Nick, laughing. What what, why don't you want LeBron here? What's yeah. going no, on? I, no, I, no, I want LeBron. I'm just trying to say Lakers fans yeah. are okay. idiots. Well, no, I, yeah, this is how it is. I mean, they're like, well, no, oh, we don't okay, need him. Okay. like, really? You don't want LeBron? That's crazy. But let me. So give what you're you- basically saying is they don't want to keep acting like it's like the old. Remember the whole NFL thing? It's almost like they used L.A. to get other stadiums elsewhere, and they're right. like, okay, I, I'm not going to fall for it. And and that's basically what you're saying. You're not going to set yourself up to think he's no, coming. No, no, no. They're actually making else. arguments. We would be better off without LeBron. We're going with that young yeah, nucleus. I mean, it's ridiculous. All right, but yeah. I'm going to give you right now because ultimately the decision will be LeBron's decision. So he has to make, he's got to look into his crystal ball and say to himself, all right, this is most likely my last deal. He's already played 15 years in the NBA. Maybe he's got three or four more years. So this is going to be his last deal. Where do I give myself the best opportunity to win and, and, and have the spotlight? And the fact is, it's none of those teams. The team that he needs to join is the Golden State Warriors. Now, I have broken it down on that exactly. Would be unbelievable. Now, I'm telling you, this is exactly how it has to go down for him to become a Golden State Warrior. Follow me on this. Okay. If okay. all this plays out, yeah, LeBron will be a warrior next season. But all these things have to happen. <laughs> First okay. of all, the, the, the Warriors and Cavaliers have to engineer a sign and trade. Now, this is good for Cleveland. In other words, he doesn't just walk away and leave Cleveland empty-handed, sure. which is a very sure. positive thing. So the trade would be Clay Thompson and Ooh. Andre Iguodala to Cleveland for LeBron James. All right, so that's the trade. So Iguodala uh. and Clay Thompson go to Cleveland for LeBron James. That's step one. Step okay. two is is that they got the Warriors have to get Sean Livingston off the books because they got to create a max salary situation. So they've got to get him off the books to somebody that has cap space. So Sean Livingston has to come off the books. Now here's the one last critical piece to actually make okay. this possible, and that is Kevin Durant, who obviously hmm. took less to go to Golden State, is going to have to hold off for one more year. So, in other words, he would actually have to accept a little less than he made this year, which was well over $20 million, but a little bit less for one more year and hold off on his max deal. If those things happen, and none of that is outrageous, but if that happens, the Warriors will create enough space to give LeBron a max deal. So you're talking about a lineup of LeBron, Steph, Draymond Green, and Kevin Durant. How does that sound to you? That is impressive. I mean, it, it would be. <laughs> I mean, some people say that is. That's unbelievable. I mean, like literally, that's that's. Uh, that's better than an all-star team. That's better than again, most all-star teams. But now the I, the problem again is your happen, bench. Though. Your bench would basically have to be filled with uh, league minimum guys. But you got LeBron, Steph, Draymond, and KD. 
Wow. Now well, again, think I, of it. Think I, of it from uh, now. Let's. I want. I want you to get inside okay. the head of LeBron again. I'm. I'm giving okay. you all these uh, different yeah, options. There, all right. Yeah. So we yeah. talked about you know going with an established guy like Pop, or you go to the, the the young nucleus that Philadelphia has. You go to a Houston team that's had 65 wins with the beard and Chris Paul. You go to the Lakers because you're in L.A. You can stay in Cleveland, or you can engineer this deal with Golden State. So if you're LeBron right now Mm. thinking, this is it, this is my last hurrah in the NBA, what is my best road to finishing my career on a high note? Yeah, well, I'm going to say this. Everybody, like I, I could see LeBron of all guys in the history of the NBA just joining the best teams to win championships because it seems like that's what he does. Like when he went to Miami, right. all those kinds of things. But everybody has their limitations. And I'm going to tell you right now, the way that uh, there's been this rivalry that's formed between the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors, I don't believe that's going to happen. I believe that he more than anything would want to see the Golden State Warriors crash and burn at his expense. He would be the he would want to want be the one to do it to him. So I would say that throws out the Golden State Warriors immediately. And, and then it's about okay, how do I position myself to where I can take them down and just plummet them? That to me would either be to the San Antonio Spurs or to the Houston Rockets, and and now with the whole Houston Rockets thing, here's how it all works with them, and I, and I've I've been fascinated by their offense, and it is one that would fit LeBron for this reason, they are operating on all different levels from the premises of ISO basketball. Every basically, they, I mean, this, it's an unbelievable scheme. You know, you got to give old, uh, you know, Mike D'Antoni a bunch of credit here because he sort of brought this in there. And and basically, what it is is you have all five guys set a three point line, get, you know, all spaced out, and then you got you have each guy take a turn who's really good at going one on one to the basket to go one on one in the basket. And then if the defense collapses, they kick out and they pass the ball around the horn and they have really good shooters on the three point line that can hit the shot and make the defenses pay for helping out on that guy who's a real good ISO guy. So you would do the same thing with LeBron. You'd put LeBron in there. He's one of the best, if not the best, ISO guy in the history of the NBA in some some people's minds that would be able to easily fit in that offense. So you'd have Chris Paul. You'd have James Harden. You'd still have all their other guys and LeBron James. And nobody's going to – I mean, you'd have less ISO opportunities if you're James Harden, which I don't think he cares about at this point. He's already – you know, I mean, he realizes how hard that is. I think he would rather sometimes sit on the three-point line, let somebody else go to the hoop, suck in the defense, and then you know catch and shoot a three-point shot – Whereas life's a lot easier on him, and having LeBron would do that. So I would say that the the two spots that I would look at if I'm LeBron to where I could get an immediate championship, do something that's never been done, which is to win a championship with three different teams, all right, in history. That's never been done? Am I right about that, Stevie? It's no, no, not as the guy. So, See, yeah. I, I guess the, the question so, would be with LeBron going to Houston. San Antonio or Houston, yeah. All right, well, going back to Houston. I mean, the one thing okay. about LeBron – uh, when he went to Miami, that was Dwayne Wade's team. And Dwayne Wade well, allowed LeBron too, so. well, I mean his boy. I mean I, the bottom line is buddies when, is when you're I mean. on the when you are the alpha male on the court, I mean Kobe would never, ever, ever have relinquished control of the Lakers to anybody. <laughs> Let's make that clear. That's true. So but yeah, but but somehow freak. Dwayne Wade was allowing that was Wade's team. I mean, he carried yeah. that team to a championship. Wade, that was Wade's team. Similar to when Steph Curry decided, I'm going to allow Kevin Durant to do his alpha male thing, and and, and Curry yeah, took a step true. back. Now, the question is, can the beard do that? 
I mean, remember oh, how James Harden headed up in Houston? He was the third yeah. wheel in Oklahoma City. Can you always imagine if yeah. that had, that team had held it together? Remember, they got to the NBA Finals with Kevin yeah. Durant, yeah. Russell Westbrook, oh, and James yeah. Harden. But yeah. can he do what Steph Curry did with Kevin Durant, what Dwayne Wade did for LeBron James? Could he do that with LeBron James? Because wherever LeBron is, he is going to be the guy. Oh, yeah, and I, I don't think there'd be a problem with that. You don't? Especially, like, no, Who, because I mean, of Coming off an MVP season? I mean, this yeah, is the same well, thing about – I mean, is he of the same mentality, you think, as Steph Curry? No, 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 no. But but the thing is, is what's ironic about Mike D'Antoni's system is that, it, it, and like I said, and it's like I've realized this, I've, I've watched them closer now than I ever have throughout the whole NBA season because they're playing, you know, in the, in the uh, Western Conference Finals. Right. Is that the, the the really their offense is based around a bunch of dudes that like to be one on one basketball players. I mean, I hate to use the word; it's a harsh word, selfish, but it's really an offense, a system, I should say. That's it's okay if every guy's sort of selfish, because the more selfish you are, in the sense of you wanting to you know press the envelope and attack the hoop, it it actually is conducive to the scheme, which is you're going to then drive and the defense collapses and then you're going to kick it out and the guy's going to hit a three or you're going to pass around the horn. And so it's it's one of those things to where you can get you can get a bunch of alpha male kind of guys in there and they can all get their fix of being the alpha male because they're going to get that chance to either play the point guard or be on the wing and go one on one, which is really what it comes down to when you're talking about alpha male is being able to control that ball. And so, and, and we'll see too. And another indicator of that uh, answer to the question is going to be how things pan out for the Rockets in this series against the Warriors. If they're able to beat the Warriors and then go on and let's say win a championship, I don't think James Harden is going to have any interest to bring in LeBron in. But in the you know the other end of it, if or excuse me, vice versa, he would want to bring LeBron in if they. Uh, Oh, no, no, I was right. Yeah, if they go and win it, he's like, we don't need LeBron. But if they don't, I could see them being a little open-minded to bring in LeBron in to get over the hump so he could have a championship you know, title next to his name. But uh, like I said, that's going to be dependent on how the series goes. But but the system's set up to where you can fit a bunch of alpha males on one team when you talk about the Houston Rockets. Well, and, and, I, and I wasn't system. sure how that was even going to work with Chris Paul and James Harden, two guys that dominate exactly. the basketball, but it has uh, worked out. All right, we're in the Geico Fox yeah. Sports Radio studios. Alex Marvez is going to be joining us. we got to get into this so legalized sports gambling, how that's going to affect the NFL, among other sports leagues. But uh, David Gascon, standing by right now. and uh, uh, I'm leaning over right now. I'm tired. You're already tired? Yeah, I was I mean, watching the Royal Wedding this morning. Oh, uh, you got up at 4 a.m.? <laughs> of course I know you did. Hey, but I was one of the oh, – we man. got like, what, five, six guys in here? I am one of the guys that actually watches Suits on USA. Whoa, so. whoa, 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 whoa. By Ooh, the way, I, I found it interesting <laughs> when uh, Meghan Margot was uh, interviewed with uh, Prince Harry, yes. and she said she really had never heard of the guy. Uh, and then, of course, <laughs> one of her uh, friends yeah. said, that's interesting because she had multiple books on his mother. So uh, – you know, I just uh, I'm not skeptical. You feel but, like there's some. Uh, what's wrong? You feel like there's a little conspiracy there. there, there there's Stevie? a lot of people close to her, and of course she's divorced and everything else. That say she's a social climber, and now she's reached the pinnacle. So, good luck to her and him. They look wow. like a wonderful Steve couple. Steve Harvard, wow. man. Well, I mean, for her to sit there the and flames. say, "I never really heard about this guy," I'm like, "Really? You're the only person on the planet that's never heard of the royal family?" But, Do you? Well, I mean, well, she had books on his mother. Wouldn't you think if you have books in your shelf about Princess Diana, you would know who Harry is? Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, it would seem like that. It, would it be sounds possible. like you have firsthand experience with something like this. Like you might know somebody in this professional rank that. Uh, <laughs> 
that's climbed the ladder. I wish like them that. all the best. I hope they have a long and uh, prosperous. Uh, sure you don't. Sure you don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. AT&T, Byron Nelson continues round number three. The share of the lead right now with two gentlemen. It's Aaron Weiss and also Mark Leishman. They're at 14 under par. Brian Gay is one stroke behind. Meanwhile, Eastern Conference Finals in the NHL and NBA continue tonight. Eastern Conference Finals in the NBA takes its act to Cleveland. Cavaliers down that series two games to none. Ty Lue. Just because we're home doesn't mean that you know we're going to play well. we got to come out and just take the game. You know, I thought we did a good job in that first half in game two. Um, let it get away from us in the third quarter. So we got to put a full, a full 48-minute game together, which I know we can. Our fans and crowd will be ready to go, and we'll be ready to go also. Away from all that action, the Ringers reporting the Spurs are going to need a grand slam offer to keep one Kawhi Leonard. And gentlemen, an interesting note, ex-Cleveland Browns quarterback Johnny Manziel, he's going north of the border. That is right. He's signed a contract with the CFL's Hamilton Tiger Cats. I think it's a smart move. I mean, like he said, I got to get back out on the field. I mean, you know, so. Will you watch him? No, I have no interest in watching the Canadian Football League. But, I mean, if he does well there and gets another chance in the NFL, good for him. He's only 25 years old. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he's 35. So, uh, yeah, But, no, yeah. I mean, he has to get back out on the field. He hasn't played any football in a while. So uh, we wish him the best. Thank you, David. Uh, by the way, we're coming in live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Joining us right now, the man with all the info when it comes to the National Football League Series XM NFL Radio, Alex Marvez. And, Alex, Whoa. obviously the big story this week was – the potential of legalized gambling in all 50 states. We're going to see how this all plays out. But the NFL, there's been a lot of speculation about what the NFL needs to do. And they keep talking about the integrity of the game. I, I sort of laugh about that part of it. But one of the possibilities they're talking about is full-time officials and also maybe upgrading replay with so much scrutiny with uh, what everyone anticipates will be more gambling on the National Football League. What do you think is going to happen? Well, I, I think these are things that are going to be discussed at the spring meeting coming up, in, in, you know, next week in, in Atlanta. Uh, you know, when the owners get together, a couple things here. Number one, can the NFL really milk an integrity fee? You know, from every state no. that's doing this. You know, right? I mean, and listen, there's there's <laughs> private companies that are that can vet this sort of thing for you that you end up paying rather than trying to collect an integrity fee, so to speak. I mean, there's a feeling that maybe if you hire a private investigatory, you know, firm, that they can do the same things that the NFL would do. But I think, you know, now you probably are going to fast track. See, the, the thing is perception, right? And you don't want, you know, and you want the perception to be that you are doing everything you can to put a product that is up and up on the field. And there's a perception, and I'm not sure if it's reality, but there's a perception that, quote, full-time officials are going to be better than the part-time officiating arrangement yeah. that we have for most of these guys right now. So I would imagine that may get fast-tracked to bring folks in. You know, replay is a sticky one because they're trying to accelerate games and they, they don't want to nitpick. You know, that you look at the, wide, the, the now what's a catch, what isn't a catch. I think you're getting back to something that's a little bit more wide open. And, you know, there are some owners that are against expansion of replay beyond what it is now. So I'm not sure how much further it's going to go. I mean, look, in the league, honestly, they need to put somebody in charge of this sort of thing. I mean, they need like a czar of gambling. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because there's so many other things going on now. How are you going to vet every employee? How do you emphasize? What type of speech do you give them during the preseason to show, hey, look, if we catch you, you know, giving out information to people, uh, you know, to try to influence the, the, the betting line and things like that, you know, we're going to persecute you to, to every extent of the law. I mean, things like this that are going to go on with the league, I'm not sure if they have the infrastructure in place themselves to do this right now. 
And what, what does that look like, having a czar that is always, what, investigating out there kind of with their finger on the pulse of what's going on with gambling, the integrity of the game? I mean, how does that all come together? Well, I would think that it would be someone that would, you know, listen, would, would first work with someone in media relations or in marketing or whatever to try to get across that the league is being proactive, but also just to monitor things. You know, you're going to have to monitor emails. You know, I would imagine now teams maybe possibly, you know, are guys sending out information. You know, it's it's weird, but you're going to have to basically have a series of checks and balances in place to make sure. And, look, I don't think it's players who are necessarily going to be throwing games, although you never know with an Arch Leister type of thing. Yeah. For football, it's a different type of deal. But I think it's some of the guys, is it the assistant, you know, assistant trainer, who's making $30,000 a year that, you know, may be susceptible, that, you know, loves to gamble and may be susceptible to someday, hmm, well, I don't think this guy's going to be playing on Sunday and allowing people to get an edge like that. You know, I think that's something that you consider. How about officials? You know, do you want the Tim Donahue situation? You just, I think you need to, for optics, have someone that's been put in charge of this as well. Even if it's, it's stuff that might be able to be handled by other departments, I just think it shows that the NFL is serious about keeping, as, as Steve would say, the integrity of the game in check. I mean, the big thing is, like, you know, do you lose public trust if, you know, there is a gambling scandal? And it's not so much, you know, I think football would survive, but then you start getting government intervention, and I think the last thing that you want, if you're the NFL, is the government to be sniffing around your business. Oh, and is that a fact? And I know they've been really pushing for the idea of the federal government coming up with some guidelines. That's not going to happen, okay? This is going to be on a state-by-state basis, and, I mean, we'll we'll get into that in our show a little bit later on. I want to switch gears to the Reuben Foster situation. So, this guy obviously accused of uh, domestic abuse against uh, his ex-girlfriend, and as it turned out, she made up the whole story. I mean, this is incredible when you saw this dialogue play out where she's sitting there saying she made the whole thing up to ruin him because she was bent out of shape that he dumped her, and then she admits she actually did this to a previous boyfriend, try to ruin his life after she got dumped. But it always gets back to this idea of, you know, innocent until proven guilty, but it's really the reverse now. And where does the NFL go with this kind of a story? This guy was innocent. He maintained his innocence. Yet we had to sort of play along like, well, it's it, it, we have to look at him as guilty until proven innocent. If she doesn't come clean, he's still guilty. Does this, is this a game changer at all in sort of the haste? Uh, branding someone guilty in the National Football League because of so many outside pressures and the perception that, you know, this is a renegade league, that they don't really take this kind of uh, interaction uh, seriously? I would think that the media, they'll definitely stop reporting things prematurely. No, probably not. I mean, and think about this, too, though. I mean, I don't know (laughs) if this is an NFL problem. So much as it is a problem with the district attorney's office. Yes. I mean, what type of case did you just put together there? And look, Reuben Foster hasn't been suspended or anything like that from the NFL. So, you know, and this whole thing may fall apart. And the 49ers did stick by him, and they said, we're trying to investigate this ourselves. But listen, it's a a quick rush to judgment because Reuben Foster hasn't been living life exactly great off the field. You know, doesn't have a great reputation. I think if it was a guy that didn't have some things in his background, that maybe this would be a different type of thing as far as the, the, the picture that is being painted of him. But, you know, I think that really, I think this goes beyond the NFL. Now, that being said, what are we going to get here as far as an investigation goes from the NFL? Because, you know, as you know, with Ezekiel Elliott, and I'm just going to use that because it's a domestic violence case, and, you know, there was, you know, never even any charges. He never even had it, excuse me, a day in court about this. And yet he was suspended six games. Think about that, right? I mean, are they going to go with civil-type rules here when it comes to to this case with Reuben Foster and say, well, we think it's 51% likely 
that you hit her, even though she said you didn't. So you're sitting out for six games. Mm. I mean, I think that's something to watch as well. Plus, he's got a drug thing coming up, a marijuana charge yep. that's coming up June 30th. So when we see Reuben Foster on the field again, I don't know. But after this week in court, mm. a lot better than what it was. Yeah, I was going to also talk to you about, you know, when you're talking interpreting interpreting all these situations, this new interpretation of this helmet-to-helmet rule uh, came out with some more information. Troy Vincent said, you know, we went and reviewed every single one of these incidences last year, and if this rule would have been implemented, we would have had only three ejections. So, I mean, I'm still confused with this, Alex. Maybe you can shed some light on this. What, what does this all mean? No, I'm confused, like, too. I'm confused, I mean, too, what because everything, every, everything Rich McKay said to us, you know, on, uh, when I interviewed him in March, was wrong, yeah. essentially. You know, what they're talking about now is, look, just don't use the helmet as a weapon. That's what it's come down to. They realize that the other stuff is too difficult to formulate, right? I mean, you're talking yeah. offensive line play. How are you going to punish an offensive lineman for leading with his helmet? You know, they're looking for just egregious plays where basically okay. the helmet is used as a weapon. That's what it comes down to, and that's what, that's what we're going to end up seeing. I think the kickoff rule is a pretty radical change as well. not sure if you saw the permeations of that, but that's one that yeah, will yeah. be voted upon this week. Yeah, I mean, no more running starts, really. I mean, you're basically one yard behind the kicker, and then you can go, and there's a zone where the bulk of the block have to be on the uh, on the receiving yep. team, you know, between the 50-yard line and I believe it's the 35 or the 40, and you have to have eight guys that are located in there. And you can't, you know, stack, you know, six guys on one side, four on the other, and the kicker, if you're the, if you're the kicking team, instead each side has to be five and five. I mean, they're, it's, they're trying to save the kickoff and make it more than a ceremonial play. They'll see if this reduces the concussion injuries. And again, it's all about, you know, look, player safety, but when I say that, I'm using air quotes, which doesn't translate well on radio, but the the point is that the league is trying to do a little CYA here. They want to try to convince parents sure. that, yes, we are taking steps to make the sport safer. Oh, and by the way, how's that concussion uh, lawsuit going? Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm. Uh, great stuff as always, Alex. So much to talk about in such a short amount of time. Nobody does it better. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds great. And listen, neither, neither of you go up to Canada for two years. Just, just keep it here in the States. You guys are good enough to Thank stay. you very much. We're going to watch right, Johnny right. Manziel from afar. If he comes back, great. If he's gone, we'll never hear from him again. Uh, very good. Alex Marvez joining us right there. Sirius XM NFL Radio. All right, I want to get into this, Brady, about this legalized yeah. gambling in the National Football League and some of the major questions that the NFL is going to have to answer to the players coming up next. Steve Harbin, Super Bowl champion Brady Papinga. Hope you're having a great Saturday out there. We always are. Great news. Quick way to save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, can save you 15% or more on your car insurance. All right, the Pandora's box has been open, and we'll see how this all plays out. There's a lot of layers to this, but I want to get from the player's standpoint. One of the things that is just bizarre to me, Brady, is yeah, that yeah. NFL players are allowed to take part in fantasy football leagues. And, oh, yeah. That's and the reasoning conflict is... Conflict of interest. Well, and, and here's, here's what's the joke of the whole matter. They said, they said, well, they're not tied to gambling. I'm like, well, wait, well, hold on a second here. <laughs> it is gambling. And so in other words, so they said they can participate as long as there's no money at stake. Is there such a thing as a fantasy football league where there's no money at stake? Does that oh, even yeah, exist? That exists. Yeah, I think it exists. It's just one of those friendly, you know, uh, kind of leagues with your buddies where you just sort of have it as name anybody rights. out there that participates in a fantasy football league where there's no money at stake. 
Anybody? Name it. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, I've I've run into a lot of guys that do. Really? That. I mean, it was. Yeah. I mean, it's not. Where like, nothing's you know, they, at stake. They just do it for fun. Yeah, they just do it for fun. Uh, yeah, but I, I'll tell who you this: are these it, people. It, I've never heard of such I, a thing. It's not okay. It's it, it, to me. It's it's stupid to even say you can participate if there's no money because it only opens the door for everybody to participate. Right. And like you said, it's not the norm for there not to be money. So right. you're opening the door basically for these guys to participate in a gambling kind of environment. But I'll tell you this. There is absolutely no question that it is a conflict of interest for the players. I'll never forget it, man. We were down in Jacksonville in 2008. Maurice Drones Drew yes. was the running back. Yes, he did. He had a good day against us. He uh, and, and what happened was is they were driving the ball down. They got within like the five yard line. They ran him the first play. We stuffed him. The next play, they ran like this kind of. It's a, they call it a fullback dive, and, and they they handed the ball to the fullback. They tricked us, and the guy scored the touchdown. And Maurice Jones drew running the congratulating. He's like, man, he's messing with my fantasy points. And I'm like, what are you worried about your fantasy points? You guys are winning the game, you know? And you hear that all the time when you're playing. You're like, man, my fantasy winners aren't going to be very happy. Yeah. You know, so it's something that's out there. And the fact that they allow that, it, I mean, it's playing with fire. Right. That guys are all of a sudden going to just, you know, sure. maybe go off the reservation, t- tell coaches, hey, man, I need to get the ball. Or wait, I'm going to go play fullback here. I mean, I don't know. There's a number of different things that could potentially come of that, that it will have compromised the integrity of the game. Uh, not to say they go out and throw. I, I mean, because to me, the fantasy motivates the guys to want to produce. It's not that they want to go out there and you know lay an egg for the people that own them because they take pride in wanting to help whoever had picked them in their fantasy league. If anything, it'll sort of create this environment of everybody's wanting to go out there to create the most opportunities to get the most fantasy points, which would cause some issues amongst the team and how the team operates. But no, nah, I mean, you shouldn't let these guys participate. Well, and here, here's, the, here, here's the problem. All right. Well, it's fantasy, well, you already are allowing that. So my question is, are you going to allow them to gamble? On the sport, in you other got words, it now. I mean, you got the, it. so if 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 gambling eventually is going to be legalized in all fifty states, I, I got a lot of things that are going on. For instance, but Steve, state, how do you regulate it? Well, think about it. Let's say, well, you how have are this, you regulating it now? It's not like people aren't betting it's, on it's sports. True, we know that. You're look, exactly we right. know that Michael Jordan was forced into an early retirement in nineteen ninety three because he was so. <laughs> So deep into gambling you that think, they had a little. You think is that? That's, that's well, of course it was. It was documented when he had the two checks that documented? appeared. Documented with checks that showed up on David Stern's desk from an ins, you know, some underworld guy that had Michael Jordan canceled checks. Yeah, this was all okay, documented. Okay. All right, this is okay. not. I've this, never seen those documents. So I can't say. I mean, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna go with it's this. It's all idea. documented. I'm go with the tree fell without me seeing it, and I'll just pretend. Like to I go said, with you right I'm now. not saying that Jordan threw games. What I'm saying is he was betting sure, on himself to he, win. He, he, Same thing happened yeah. in the NFL with Paul Horning and Alex Karras back in the mid '60s. They were the part of the two best teams in the league. They were betting on themselves to win. I wish all. I wish all athletes would have money on themselves winning. That that would make it much more interesting. Uh, maybe a lot more at stake yeah. for them if they actually have money riding on whether they play well in a game. But that's an alternate universe because the easiest thing to do is to throw the game, at least in people's minds. Look at you Floyd know, Mayweather. He bets on himself in Vegas all the time on his fights. Yeah, and it's a lot It's a lot more difficult to go out there and actually perform well and do the right thing than it is to go throw a game, miss an assignment, miss sure. a block that could control the outcome of the game. So, I mean, yeah, I, I'm with you, man. I, I don't know. I, I don't. Well, my think point there's... is, should a player be allowed to bet? Let's say I am. Uh, no, I, if yeah, I can he, bet he on myself. He should be okay. I mean, if he I were be bet okay on it. You can't regulate it. That's the thing is you can't regulate it. I mean, there's certain bets that are. Well, if I'm Aaron Rodgers and I but... want to bet on the Rams 49ers game, is there any harm in that? No, if it's I'm, it's a legal no, bet, no. I'm not in the game, so shouldn't I be able to do advantage. that? Relax. 
You should be able to because you can use your expertise to help. Because if you're gambling, too, is an interesting term. Is it really gambling if you're bringing a, a tremendous amount of knowledge, skill set to the situation? What's the difference between investing in the stock with oh, the same you see, kind that's of the information? Point. See, when I when I worked with uh, the legendary Chet Forty, who was a compulsive gambler uh, and a reform one, and talked about the Jordan situation during the '90s, he says, "Look, if you're a gambler, you want information. You want to gamble on things you have knowledge of." So, of course, he's most likely to bet on the NBA and games he's in because he can control the outcome. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Much more on the NBA playoffs coming up. Rolling on a Saturday. We do it every week. Coming live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Easy to save 15% or more in your car insurance with Geico. Go to Geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. I want to stay with this uh, sports gambling uh, situation for a second here, Brady, because, sure. you know, um, so the, the first thing that came out was the professional sports leagues uh, say they, they want a piece of the action, <laughs> which I found interesting. They, they were talking about it to maintain the integrity of the sport. They want from one like one percent. Now let, let's 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 slow down for a second here. Let, well, let, let's, because, yeah. let, me, let me analyze that. I always yeah. find it funny because they they always use for the integrity of the sport, right? As exactly. a preface to basically try to like disarm everybody to say this is for the better of the good, right? When in reality, it's like we just want to get richer, man. We just want to find exactly. a way to exploit exactly. what you're doing and leverage it so we can get richer. Why don't you just tell us that? Stop telling us for the integrity of the game. All right, I'm going to tell you what. Stop that. Unlikely <laughs> to happen across the board here. All right, let's let's start All with right. uh, again. This was a. This was a law that was overturned is what it was, and it made sense. Why should the state of Nevada have a monopoly on sports gambling? It was the only state allowed to have sports gambling dating back to 1992. I mean, that's, that's un-American. No, no, monopolies are not, should not be part of our system. So this means that now exactly. all 50 states uh, can engage in this. I, I, did you see about the state of Pennsylvania and how they may have derailed themselves already? So in the state of Nevada, the way <laughs> yeah, it works is <laughs> um, the taxes. In other words, the state – so in, in if you're a gambling establishment, all right, and you turn a net profit, you have to pay tax okay. on that. And the tax in the state of Nevada is about 6.75%, all right? So if you're a okay. gambling establishment and you – you know, you your books are there, and you have a net profit. You got to pay a six point seven five percent tax on that. Pennsylvania is already saying that a similar situation. They will charge a thirty four percent tax, thirty four percent, not six point seven five percent, a thirty four percent. Now, if you're if you're <laughs> yeah, like one I guess of these you people, think everyone. Huh? Well, wait a well, yeah, but I'm not going to do that because I want to actually walk away with money. I don't want to be giving away all of our net profits. So there's going to be roadblocks along the way. Now, the NFL, NBA, NCAA have all jumped in and said, hey, we need federal guidelines. We need, we need one set of rules for all 50 states, and the federal government is not going to do that. All right? That is, they're too not going to waste time. too yeah, much time. They're not going to do too that. Magical. They're going to say, look, this is going to go on a state-by-state situation. So that's when sure. you hear the NBA, NFL saying, all right, we want for this integrity uh, a percentage of the action <laughs> And I was talking. Integrity of the game. Oh, yeah. So, you know, we, we, we hear about this. And you know what the states are going to say? We're not going to give you a cent. Yeah, You're not no. going to get 1% or 0.25%. You're going to get nothing. So, ultimately, 
What these professional leagues, and I include the NCA as well, is, all right, how do yeah. we get our money? I mean, how do we make our money? And this is what's going to get really interesting because you're going to have – I'm just using the NFL as an example because we talk a lot sure. of NFL. Yeah. So what the NFL is going to do is you're going to see them align themselves literally with gambling establishments. Once, when it's, once it's legalized – they will mm-hmm. say this is the official gambling home of the National Football League. That's step one. The other thing you're going to do is when you're watching NFL coverage on the networks, this goes back to the old Jimmy the Greek days back in the 70s when you actually literally had Jimmy the Greek with the odds and everything else. That will return uh-huh. in earnest. In fact, the little scroll that you'll see, you're going to see point spreads on every single game because, again, it's mm. legal. And, and sure. the NFL is the NFL is smart. All these professional leagues are smart. They understand with more people gambling on the sports, and again, far when more it's, interest, far, far more, more interest, far yeah. more eyeballs on the game, yes. and then we no can question. also get back to putting fannies back in the seats. And I've taught you how many yep. times have I told you about you know legalized gambling in the state? I've talked about this for years. Now all of a sudden, it's possible, and so. They will take advantage of this any way that they can generate a new stream of revenue. So, you know, while the NFL and these other leagues are like, well, we have concerns about the integrity of sport, I guarantee you behind closed doors, man, they are high-fiving like, whoa, man, we just hit the jackpot. Now, more people are going to be gambling, more eyeballs on this. It only makes our sports that much bigger. Yeah, well, I'll tell you this. And it's also now an opportunity for the NCAA to finally move in the direction of paying the athletes. Mm-hmm. And it's because now you're going to have an extra revenue stream that you're going to draw from. Yep. And I disagree. I believe you're going to be able to regulate this. They can go in there to all these establishments that are betting on NCAA sports, NBA sports, whatever league sports. And you could say, look, we're not going to allow you to use our names, our league, because we have a trademark on them. And unless we give you a permission that's going to be negotiated with a fee for you to use all the team names, our league name and any kind of business establishment that ultimately makes you money. You're not going to, you're not going to mention us. You're not going to talk NFL. You won't be able to mention any of our 32 teams or anything like it. And, and that already exists on other levels in other, in other, for example, in the fitness world, you can't go in to a class and say, this is a spinning class. For example, I'm going to make money off of this class without getting express written uh, permission from the the entity that owns the name spinning. And so that's where this is good. This is good for all these leagues because they can go in there and they can basically now leverage their trademarks and their names to get the money that they want out of these gamblers and these gambling establishments. And so for the NCAA, it's fantastic. And if you are the players or you know any kind of situation where you can leverage this and say, okay, now it's time. Because before I can see where there was an argument to say, hey, we just don't have the money to to you know to sustain the program and everything that we know it to be if we're going to go and play, pay the players. You know, whereas now it's like, well, why don't you take that gambling money and have that instead of being like money that goes in the pockets of the the organization or just goes into just building random buildings? That seems where the extra money goes in these campuses these days and, and renovating old ones. Have that be the 
uh, like a fund that pays the players, you know, have that be, this is what's going to be the funds to, to ultimately play the guys to their, or the ladies, their market value, instead of just the scholarship, which as we know, which is far below market value. So I, I see there only being positives from this, as long as this continues to evolve. And, and I don't know why people think this is all of a sudden going to become the wild west and there's going to be no regulation and there's going to be no structure. No, there will be because you have other, play, uh, you know, uh, you could say other kind of, uh, um, assets in place that you can leverage against these uh, gambling entities to ensure that you're going to get your share of it. And so th- this is good. This is moving in the right direction to maximize what we know the earning potential of professional sports to be. And yes, NCAA, ladies and gentlemen, is professional sports. Don't think that it's not. They've tried to brainwash you all these years and calling it amateurism. It's not. It is professional sports. Well, it is professional sports. And, and again, the, the, as we both have been mocking the idea of the integrity of the game, look, sports gambling has been around as long as sports. I mean, the gladiators, <laughs> I guarantee you, they were wagering on the gladiators, all right? So the, the, oh, as yeah. long as there's been sports, there have been people betting in some form on sports. And so the only difference now is is it's like the legalization of marijuana. It's, it, it's, it's as we as they estimated that illegal betting, we're talking about your local books, yeah. offshore betting, all this betting, is a, a minimum $200 billion industry per year. Then that's that's probably hmm. a very low bar, probably yeah. closer to uh, $500 billion. So if you suddenly legalize it, that's a lot of revenue coming in. So it does make sense. But getting back to that integrity fee that, uh, like Adam Silver was talking about, <laughs> People sure. don't quite understand this. You know, when you hear about gambling, you're, you're, you're assuming, of course, that these uh, sports books are just rolling in money. Well, not necessarily. Now, according to Hollywood Casino, they broke this all down. They said 95% of all money that's wagered at a sports book is actually paid to the winning bettors. The sports book mm. then pays taxes, wages, other expenses on that remaining 5%. So what they say is... Per a hundred dollars, wow. the low margin. <laughs> total sportsbook revenue per a hundred dollars is six cents. Now again, Holy there's there's smokes. but again six cents multiplied. You know, it, you yeah, know, millions up, it's, it's small margin. Though. So that's a, that's so, a minimal margin. So when, when they talk about well, we want one percent of well, you're not going to get one percent of the money wagered. Obviously, it no, would have to be one percent of the net profit. But if, earned. but if they exactly. only get five percent, this is five percent is what they get out of the hundred percent that is actually wagered. Their net profit is five percent, and you want one percent of that? You know how much money that is? That's a well, that's ton maybe they don't understand. Money. Yeah, and I, and I imagine that they don't understand that. I mean, most of these leagues they don't understand the intricacies and the, uh, and right. the margins behind exactly. these. You know, gambling operations. So you're going to probably have to adjust what kind of fee you're going for so you don't run them out of business. Because you always, you know, the thing that's funny in the business world is like everybody wants everything for free, but it's like, well, if you wanted everything I wanted for free and I am, I have a product that you want, guess what? I'm all of a sudden not going to be able to give you anything for free because I'm going to become non existent. You know what I mean? And so the same thing with these gambling entities is that it's like if you're asking for too big of a fee, you're going to pretty much run them out of the market to where they're going to be extinct and no longer is that fee going to be available. So you probably got to adjust exactly. to where it's relative to what they're making so everybody can operate and, and be in existence as a business for there to be any money to be made so I, I would say that probably is what's being adjusted it's not that there's going to be a fee I, I still i still see there being a very strong avenue that these teams the leagues and the associations like the ncaa they're all going to be able to get a cut of this it's just a matter of trying to figure out what's fair to where you can keep these teams or these teams these entities you know continuing to be a business that's up and running and it's vi- viable 
And, and yeah, maybe one percent off the top will will completely run them under, but there might be what a quarter of a percent or something there to where it could make sense. So we'll see what happens. But I like it. I, I think this is great for all sports. I really do. Like, I agree. For the reasons you if mentioned, if they do it more properly, interest, more intrigue. Absolutely. Yes. No, no, no. This, I I'm guarantee they're high fiving. This is huge for us. But yes. they're going to have to, especially the NCA. The, the NCA is the ones that have to be really careful on how they approach this because they're also jumping in with like, oh yeah, we like one percent. They all want one percent. That's not going <laughs> to. That is not happening. All right, they're not going <laughs> to. Doesn't happen. sound like that's viable. Because the sports no. books are going to explain them that that's just no 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 our profit margin is thin enough we're not going to start distributing to each of these entities that is just not going to happen all right we're in the geico fox sports radio studios a big name in baseball got suspended again the question is how should we judge an athlete's legacy coming up next steve harvin Super Bowl champion, Brady Papinga. Hey, we're great news. Great, great news for you. There's a quick way to save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. Well, another uh, prominent athlete uh, has tested positive. Full denial, of course. Uh, Robinson <laughs> Cano. Uh, he tested positive, Brady, for uh, furosemide. This is a Whoa. diuretic that is used to dilute... Uh, urine samples and cheat drug testing regimens. Um, so, hmm. in other words, it's not a performance enhancing drug; it's a masking drug, is what it is. Yeah. And Major yeah. League Baseball so smoke. felt yeah. that they had enough evidence to prove that he used it with intent. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. Is why would you? That's the question at hand. Why would you use that if you had nothing to hide? Correct. If you have nothing to hide, there's no reason to hide, <laughs> put a masking agent in there. So, yeah. yeah. It's obvious, you know, that that's that's happening. And it's it, look, I mean, the reality is, is there are there's a even though I would say baseball has the best, at least, at least one of the best testing systems in all of professional sports. And it's because of the big backlash of the steroid era with McGuire, Sosa right. and all these other guys coming out with, you know, performance enhancers, which was ironic because at that time it wasn't illegal, but they felt like they had to clean up. Their image, now we got this very strict drug testing policy that they implement. I mean, you can't even take HGH, okay? NFL, you could take HGH. Now, it's not, it's not you know, uh, you can say uh, something that uh, isn't against the rules. It still is against rules. It's just they can't test it. So, you right. know how that goes. Well, and the only but accurate still, guys testing. Are going to, yeah. But my, my point is, these guys are still going to, they're going to be a step ahead of the drug testing procedures. And this is one way, you know, put some kind of chemical or a masking agent in your urine sample that maybe they haven't thought of, or maybe that they are still trying to evaluate if it's in fact something that is a masking agent and you can get away with it for a certain, a certain time until all of a sudden that that test could catches up to you before you make your next next step. And I tell you, there are a number of guys out there in baseball, basketball, football. That, I mean, it's a competitive sport. I mean, a lot of money at hand, too. A to lot of money. They're cheating the system. Uh, Cano afterwards said, I would never do anything to cheat the rules of the game I love. And after undergoing dozens of drug tests over more than a decade, I've never tested positive for a performance-enhancing substance for the simple reason that I have never taken one. Now, what was very interesting uh, was Mark Teixeira. So Mark Teixeira, his former Yankee teammate, was uh, on a yeah. radio show, and he was asked uh -huh. about Cano. Was he shocked? And he had one of the greatest answers ever. <laughs> he goes, he starts off by saying, yeah, I don't really want to get into too much detail. I love Robbie. Oh, boy. I'm just not surprised. 
I don't really want to go too much further, but I think a lot of people are kind of saying the same thing, and then he goes into full detail. Oh, so, you know, he's like, I really don't want to talk about it, and then he just got started. Here's he where talked he himself into oh, it. Oh, now, exactly. now he starts rolling. He goes, he goes, let's just use this situation here. This is to share a talk. I love this. Let's uh-huh. just use this situation here. Robbie Cano's assistant was on the list for biogenesis. Now, of course, he had an assistant, you know, buy stuff for him. Alex Rodriguez got Popeye Biogenesis, as did Melky Cabrera, another former Yankee outfielder. He got popped, and they were best friends. When someone gets lumped into that group, it's because there's evidence. There's a papal trail. There's a smoke trail. This is from a guy who said, I really don't want to talk about this. Then he gave graphic detail how Robbie well, Cano had a direct connection so cool. to biogenesis yeah. that got both Alex Rodriguez and Melky Cabrera, his friends, busted. So what wonder, you, what, only, oh, man, this is just it's nuts. What, I was wondering when he was making a statement, like, what happened with the old, I took a supplement, I didn't realize what was in it thing. I mean, No, 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 he didn't do like, that. He Because you know, his idea was that this masking agent in itself <laughs> is not a performance-enhancing drug. Major League Baseball says we understand that, but we know why it's used. It is a masking agent to dilute samples, and and he didn't contest it. I mean, he's he's going to lose over eleven million dollars with this eighty game suspension. Though, is, is his deal coming up though? Has he got a deal that you know is expiring soon? Well, let me let me check this out. Robinson can because there's a strategy. He signed a there's a strategy though. Well, I mean, when we saw Go that ahead. with Ryan Braun, all right, he still exactly. has after this year five more guaranteed years of twenty four oh, million dude, this a year. Is stupid, stupid. So this is what he did. It's a strategy these an NBA uh, Major League Baseball guys are doing. Ronnie Harrison did something similar, but it wasn't uh, to a money grab. It was more right. just a. Well, it was probably a money grab. And what it is is they they fully get it that they're doing something wrong, and they fully get it that hey, you most likely were gonna get popped. But guess what? As soon as I get popped, I'm already gonna have in baseball anyway. I'm gonna have my guaranteed deal set, and so I'm not all of a sudden going to you know give up anything and I'll yeah, I'll serve my suspension. But to get that money, I'm willing to make an investment of whatever, like you said, eleven million dollar investment. Of, that's my suspension to get how? What did he get? A hundred million or so over? He gets a hundred. He he got a he had signed a ten year, two hundred forty million dollar contract. Oh, it is. So the last five years of the deal, starting next year, he is guaranteed a hundred and twenty million dollars over is. the next five seasons. So he loses $11 million this year, but he's still... This goes back to Ryan Braun. Now, remember, Ryan Braun was riding the wave. He had just signed a huge contract with the Milwaukee Brewers. He got busted. He is still getting paid uh, huge money, guaranteed for a couple more years. He has been a shadow of what he used to be when he was on the performance-enhancing well, drugs. taking the juice anymore, exactly. Right, exactly. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, he's just a guy, uh, as opposed to being one of the most fierce sluggers in the league. But what did he care? But it also gets back to he's this whole legacy money. thing. You know, when we, we keep talking about halls of fame, I, I've always said this about, like, Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame, and again, for different circumstances. Pete Rose gets more notoriety not being in the Hall of Fame than he would if he actually were <laughs> in the Hall of Fame. Am I exactly. right? He has profited you know, more you're right. You're right. personally by not being in the Hall of Fame. I mean, you know how he used to set up like his little uh, autograph table there during oh, yeah. Hall of Fame weekend. Oh, yeah. Now, if he was in the Hall of Fame, he'd just be on the long <laughs> list with you know the Aarons and the Mays, all those yeah, guys. Yeah. But by the, all the notoriety of not being in the Hall of Fame has worked wonders for Pete Rose, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, and, it's, it's highlighted him even more because, like, you're right. He'd be sort of just 
one guy amongst others. Now he's literally in a category of himself, a guy that everybody thinks should be in there. That's not. So yeah, I mean, I get, I get you on that end. But see, my always thing about these Hall of Fames, you know who, you know who it matters to the Hall of Fame going like football. It matters to Jerry Kramer. You know, it doesn't really matter to Joe Montana. If, if, if like it doesn't matter <laughs> to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is sort of above that. I mean, when Joe Montana got elected to the Hall of Fame, he admitted, "I really don't know how to." What this means? What, it, what, it, what, what does this mean? I mean, I was about winning Super Bowls, exactly. and championships, and obviously I played at the highest level. But for some of these guys, those you know that next level, hey, the Hall of Fame's a big deal. Yeah. Sort of like, hey, you know, I I'm not, I wasn't as good as these guys, but now that I'm in the Hall of Fame, we're like in the same club. But I, I just I don't <laughs> think it really matters to these people all that much. For Robinson Cano, if you just were told, hey, you know, that's it, man, you're out. I mean, eighty game suspension, PEDs. I don't think you're cares. done. You're you're exactly. I mean, again, a hundred and twenty million dollars guaranteed yeah, for this, the next five years. It was years. all a business decision. It was all business decision. Now I'll tell you one guy though, Rodney Harrison. This is what's interesting about how guys are strategizing using performance enhancers, whether to make money. But when you talk about legacy, I do believe Rodney Harrison used it for legacy purposes. If you remember, he got busted for taking HGH. He tore his ACI. I forget which years it was. Yeah. And uh, he he, I have to imagine he justified it as saying, "Look, I'm probably going to get busted. Maybe I don't. But even if I did, worst case scenario, I'm going to miss six games of a paycheck. I've already made 99.9 percent of the money I'm going to make in my career. But if I don't come back from this ACL, I'm going to get cut." by the New England Patriots, and I'm not going to have another chance to make a run at the Super Bowl. So I'm willing to take that worst-case scenario, six-game suspension, to be on the team, have a chance to win a Super Bowl, and to further my legacy. So, I mean, it's 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 really, it comes down to these tests are one thing, but if you really, like, to me, it's like this. If you really want to have these tests have some teeth and bite to where guys are going to follow them and follow them religiously, the consequences have to be far more severe. I mean, for example, in baseball, if you get busted, you have to have the ability from a team standpoint to void the rest of their contract. If you did that, I guarantee you guys would not mess around with the system. In the NFL, if you kick the guy out for the whole year, first first defense, he's gone for the whole year, you wouldn't see guys messing around with this. And and, and that's why I, I do believe that these teams have to realize that it's like if you really want to come across like you're keeping the game clean and full of integrity, you got to have the, the actual tests that ensure that mean something. And at this point, it, guys are using it strategically and they're coming out far you know greater by, by leveraging it than if you know they would have just played clean and, and, and gone by the rules. And so they're using it basically is my point. And so I'd like to see these teams, uh, leagues, I'd like to see the, the consequence be more severe. Well, and I like voiding their guys. contracts. Simple as that. I mean, That's you had busted you void do. a contract. Well, we'll see if the Players yes. Union ever goes for that. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. I want to talk about who is the single most valuable person in this Cavs-Celtics series. Well, let's uh, check in right now with David Gascon. I see what you did there. Yeah. Talking like valuable. Introduce me. I appreciate that. I don't know what kind Extremely of price tag valuable. we can put on you, although your employers seem to have a <laughs> very firm idea of your value. <laughs> As for all of us, by uh, the way. It, it hurts, Steve. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I thought we were friends. It, 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 it's amazing when you, when you have an employer and they say, this is what you're worth. And you're like, really? Well, that's what uh, that's what your parents and loved ones are Thank for. Thank right? you. You know, no matter what, I, my parents always loved me. Yeah. Uh, my 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 children. Well, I don't know. 
Sometimes it depends. Yeah, there's there's little caveats there. The the women of your your <laughs> life, the uh, the loves of your life. How about one? you, Brady? You feel a hundred you feel a hundred percent love a hundred percent of the time. No, no, no. I mean, sometimes you just have to like hold on to those moments when you do feel loved <laughs> to make up for the gaps where you're not loved and appreciated. But exactly. hey, that's life, man. You got you got to just go with the flow. Yeah, yeah. you got to roll with the punches, exactly. right? Exactly. Well, we love you exactly. right now, David. Yeah. We always love. All right. Well, here yeah. I am to, to spread right. the love as we continue into the good Saturday afternoon. Major League Baseball taking center stage right now. Dodgers leading the Nationals in D.C. Top of the second in game one of a doubleheader, one to nothing. Jock Peterson scored in that affair. A's and Blue Jays, they ball games on FS1 right now. Nothing doing just yet. Oakland's got two runners on with two outs on the top of the fifth inning. No score. Reds lead game one of a doubleheader over the Cubbies, 2-1 to one in that affair. Phillies and Cardinals, there's no score as of yet. Switching on over to the Eastern Conference Finals, which will continue tonight in the NBA. Cavaliers down that series two games to none. Tip-off time. Well, later on tonight, and what do we mean by that is 8.15 Eastern. But as Steven mentioned, NBA taking a couple days off of action. National Hockey League is not. Game number five Eastern Conference Final is tonight. Puck drops at 7.15 Eastern. Capitals and Tampa Bay Lightning. That series tied at 2-2. And, Steve, I'm sure you know this, but all four games won by the road team. Yes. See if Tampa can change their luck around tonight down in Florida. I thought that series was over, obviously, when Tampa loses the first two to the Caps at home, and then they go right into uh, beat the Caps on the road. So, I don't know. Why Why is that? Do you, why do you think in, in, in the NHL playoffs that so many road teams win? Two reasons. One, goaltending can never be turned off, and two, teams just play a lot more conservative, and so they don't try to get in front of their skates, I guess one can say. They just don't try to do too much. When you're playing at home, you try to do a little bit more than you're accustomed to doing. This is like approach when you're on the road. So Yeah. All right. Well, uh, great series hmm. going on there. We're going to get into the amazing run of these uh, Golden Knights coming up here shortly. <laughs> got to get into that. Vegas books getting next, sweaty. Uh, yeah. I mean, what a story. What a story. All right, uh, David, thanks so much. Uh, we're coming live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com. For a free rate quote, we are talking about Halls of Fame a little bit. And if you if you go to yeah. the Baseball Hall of Fame or the Pro Football Hall of Fame, um, you're going to find uh, comparatively very few managers as coaches as opposed to actual players in their Halls of Fame. That is not the huh. case in basketball. There, in the yeah. Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame, there are about 150 players and 100 coaches. I mean, think about that for I a like second. That. In the in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, I think there's like 20 coaches. So you have hmm. you have this this idea that in basketball, especially, that yeah, the, the coach is so like much that, right? more valuable in that sport, at least by the Hall of Fame standards, than in any exactly. other sport. Which gets me to this Celtics Cleveland series. Let me ask you this: yeah, Is yeah. the most valuable? person in this series not lebron james but brad stevens are, are, we, are we overstating brad stevens impact on the celtic team now he tries to downplay but that's his personality saying that this is totally overplayed but from your viewpoint is he the most valuable person in this series I don't think so. Because here's the thing is I don't look at – because when you look at the, the Boston Celtics, what makes them overachieve right now is the fact that they don't have Gordon Hayward, they don't have Kyrie. That's why you say right. they're overachieving. 
But you still got these guys like Rozier and Tatum and, and Brown. I mean, they're still playing very solid and, and, and almost like emerging into superstar, kind of like on the first level superstar uh, level of basketball. But to me, that's more of a function of a team of guys whose personalities mesh well together. And so me, the most valuable guy here is Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge has done a phenomenal job of not only picking the players whose personalities mesh together, and I know he does that because it was back in the early 2000s. I was at BYU, and Danny Ainge, yes, is a BYU guy. And his son, he and I, we, we talked and, and so on and so forth. And there was a time where he sent off, like, Walker. You remember Walker who was with him? He was a sure. Kentucky guy because yeah. Patino was there. Oh, and yeah. a number of other guys that were big-name guys. He just yes. sent them off. Right. Yeah, he sent off Antoine Walker and a number of those guys, and, and they were the best players for the Celtics. And he pretty much got sort of scraps in return. And, uh, and we're like, what the heck's going on? And I asked his son, I was like, what is your dad thinking, man? He's got rid of like the best players and this. And he's like, you know what? He's like, he's trying to find the right combination of personalities that mesh together, that buy into the, you know, the, to the system and to the culture and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, that's fascinating. And lo and behold, he ends up acquiring Kevin Garnett, you know, Paul, Paul Pierce, I believe was already there. And then he gets uh, Ray Allen and they go on their run and, you know, they end up winning a, a, an NBA championship and being contenders. And I was like, dude, there's something to that. And he's done it again. Not only has he matched the players' personalities. I mean, you you saw Smart's reaction. Yeah. I forget who, uh, who took a shot. Oh, it was, um, it was uh, J.R. Uh, Reed who took a shot on Al Horford. I don't know if you saw that when, when Al Horford went up for a shot and J.R. Yeah. Reed just pushed him in the back and all of a sudden Smart's going after him. I mean, those guys are connected, man. Yes. Their personalities connect. Well, why they is that, though? Other, I mean, again, they fight what, for each other. what listen, role I'm not does done. Brad not Stevens done. Hold play? Hold right. on. That's my point. Is then Also, what he did is he took into consideration – because remember, Brad Stevens was a coach he handpicked a couple years ago, talking about Danny Ainge. He not only took in the personality fit with the players, but he's like, what kind of a, of these kind of players that I'm going to go for? And this is going to be the the team first kind of guys, the uh, you know the blue collar kind of guys that aren't afraid to do the dirty work. I'm going to go after those guys, and then I'm going to fit a coach in there that also has the same kind of personality that he can then direct them. And so that, that, to me, has been what's been key for the Celtics in, the, in this whole series has been Danny Ainge mixing up this, this you could say, kind of cocktail of personalities that from the coach down to the last guy on the bench has just fitted masterfully together. And when all of a sudden Kyrie and, and Hayward come back, I mean, they're, as long as, again, everything fits, I mean, that is going to be one scary team. Even if you're the Golden State Warriors, you're going to be taking notice. What they, was your next question there, Well, I'm, I'm just putting it out there because this was a story this week. And they actually put this out there. How many NBA players would you take to start a franchise ahead of Brad Stevens? In other words, if you were to a start lot. a brand, well, like you said, see that here's the whole thing. So the idea is LeBron James, you, you, right? You, the you are Boom, there you, you have you're starting a brand new franchise, all right? Brand new franchise. Yeah. And you can choose <laughs> any individual. You got Le- coaches, LeBron. players, LeBron. or anything. <laughs> But according to a LeBron. lot of people, they think oh, if, they're like, oh, no, 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 forget LeBron. The LeBrons are a dime a dozen. You give me a Brad Stevens, and I know that I am. Brad Stevens won? He's won zero. But he took over a visible franchise. They how were, long did it take him to turn that franchise around? Pretty quickly. How long did it take him? Pretty quickly. I mean, he made Isaiah t- Thomas t- a star. Did he not? No, he did a good job. He did a good job. Yes. Isaiah was a good fit there, but I'm going to say this. Okay, what if he and wins the championship that this year? LeBron James. Okay, well, we're, we're, that's the whole thing. If okay. he wins the championship this year, we may have another discussion. But again, I'm not going to go with Brad. I'm not going Brad Stevens. I'm going Danny Ainge. Okay, if there's anybody that deserves the credit of the Celtics' success right now, it's Ainge. He put the whole thing together. 
I don't know. You know, he's a guy that doesn't want to go and, you know, blow right. his own horn and sure. put himself out there in the public's eye and be that central figure. And maybe that's why he's not getting the credit. And, you know, maybe he asks his guys or is just has a relationship where he doesn't expect any credits and nobody's giving him any credit. But he's the one to me that should be getting all the credit behind the Celtics. But I'll tell you this. LeBron turns teams around quicker than anybody that I've ever seen or can remember in all sports. I mean, you know history way better than I. Have you seen a guy that's jumped around teams like LeBron has where he's been drafted into the Cavaliers? Well, guys like him well, don't leaves. jump around from teams. They, let's put it that way. Normally, when okay, a guy's well, of that so magnitude, you play, you, play, you play in one franchise. You never, well, they never get this? rid of you. Yeah. But how about this? How about when he returned to Cleveland? Yes. And immediately, they were all of a sudden contenders from being, what, a 20-win team or something the year before? Right even though they had Kyrie there. Have you seen a guy go from one team to another, have that kind of impact that quickly? No, no. Well, this, you know me. So that, I, I mean, I've that always just, maintained, to me, there's no argument about the greatest talent player-wise in NBA yeah. history. I'm all in on LeBron. No, I just, but I just, uh, let me ask you this. In, in your years of football, dating back high school, college, professional yeah. football, how many games in which you were winning, winning the game sure. on the winning side, that as you were walking off that field saying the difference in this game was our coach, that he was Ooh, the that's, difference that's in the game as you walked off the field winning a game that you said the reason we mm. won this game, the number one reason we won this game was the coach. How many times that happened? Uh, it's not, I mean, it's not very often. To where you look and you're like, wow, he put us in the best scheme or wow, what the man, I don't know where he got that feeling to call that play or right. wow, we were in the perfect, you know, we had the perfect game plan. You know, it's usually a like the only effort. reason we won this game, the only, only reason we won the game yeah. is because of our coach. I would never say that because the problem is, is the coach only can draw up so many strategies, can only empower his players so much to where now it's the players that have to go out and either take that structure that he's trained into his players and implement it or allow them to go out and basically fill it out and, and sort of, you know, in the, in the, within the confines of that structure, make their own choices. And so it's, you can't say that about a coach, to be really honest. And that's because they don't actually go out and do it. Now, if you had a guy like in Bill Russell's situation where he was both roles, there you may be able to say, man, without him, we don't win this. Because not only did he come up with the plan and create the culture and the system that we ended up using to win, but he actually came out and was the reason why we were able to execute it. I would say in that situation, there's an absolute justification you can make from claiming that. But if it's just a coach, I don't, I don't see it. Unless it's just an anomaly of a situation to where the coach is just constantly putting you, you know, in positions that you otherwise would have never put yourself in to win. And, and I've never been in that situation to where absolutely throughout the duration of the game, it was like the coach was controlling me. You know what I'm saying? Like I was Well, a it's puppet. a unique situation because I cannot remember situation. being at this point of the NBA playoffs – where you get to the final four teams, and one of the team's biggest star, the only person they're is talking the about, is yeah. the coach. I mean, I, normally... And that's just because it's it's the easiest thing to do, because everybody's looking at it like, oh, they, they don't have Gordon Hayward, they right. don't have Kyrie, this team should be terrible. Right. And then now the, and then, then the thing is, the easiest default uh, you know, response to that, because they're good players like Tatum and Brown, and the, the guys I, I mentioned, Rozier, and, and then you got the, Al Horford, who I forgot to mention, you don't think of them as these superstar guys, you know, and these guys that could go and turn a team like the Celtics without a Kyrie, without a Gordon Hayward into all of a sudden this championship contender. So your default easy answer is it's got to be the coach, you know? So to me, it's just laziness on our end, trying to take the path of least resistance. When in reality, the players that are currently playing are a lot better than people who gave them credit for. 
And then also, like I had mentioned before, that 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 sense of team and the the meshing of all the personalities plays a huge role into it too. That it's tough to gauge because there's no real statistical output that's associated outside of wins and losses with you know how closely knitted the team is together. The Las Vegas Golden Knights have been making history since their very first game. Could their success as a first year expansion team be duplicated? In a different league, we'll discuss coming up next. Vegas! Vegas, baby! Vegas! Progressive Insurance, creators of the Name Your Price tool. Choose from a range of coverage options and pick the price that works for you. Visit Progressive.com today. Steve Harbin, Super Bowl champion Brady Papingua. Here on the Saturday, and uh, we got to talk about these Vegas Golden Knights. They are now one win away from the Stanley Cup Final. Remember, it's the Stanley Cup Final and NBA Finals. Why did they do that? Don't ask. <laughs> it's the Stanley Cup Final versus oh, the Finals. Man. But anyway, so this is a first-year expansion team, and this is wire-to-wire. Wire. Remember, they started their inaugural season 3-0, and 8-1. and I mean... From the from the opening gun, they have been a first place yeah. team, and now they're one win away from the Stanley Cup final. This is a team that did not exist twelve months ago. There there is no team. They had to start from scratch, and it's just like any other mm. franchise. They have an expansion draft. Every team in the NHL is allowed to protect a certain amount of players. They have a certain amount of players that are left unprotected. In other words, you're getting other teams' leftovers. And you're starting from scratch. Now, I do know in the NFL, we had the miraculous second seasons of the Carolina Panthers, Jacksonville Jaguars, both make it to their respective conference championship games. But that was their second year. I'm asking you right now, is it possible, and just use the NFL as an example, would it be possible for an expansion team? The last time we had an expansion team was the Houston Texans. And before that, the Cleveland Browns back in 1999. Could you see a scenario where a first-year expansion team could make it all the way to the Super Bowl in their first year? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's an anomaly of a situation because you need first to find somehow some way to franchise quarterback. So, I mean... Well, you could draft one. I mean, remember, Cleveland had the number one pick. You could totally draft one. Both of those teams had quarterbacks. Remember, one was Tim Couch with Cleveland, and the Texans took David Carr. So those were their, you know, first pick in the draft. They take a quarterback. But again, they're on bad teams. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got to hit it with the quarterback first. And then, yeah, you got to get him some help around. But, I mean... There, it, look, it is possible. It's just not probable. You know what I mean? In yeah. hockey, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not familiar with there being this impact of one position. Well, let's talk about Flurry. Everyone's you know talking about Flurry, their goalie, because he obviously okay. had been with Pittsburgh. They had won back to back cups. They were transitioning to a younger goalie, and they felt like Flurry's best days were behind him. He's still at game. Yeah. Yeah. So they left him unprotected. And of course, hey, you're an expand. We'll take a veteran goalie, especially one that's got, you know, championships on his resume. And he's been, he's been, I mean, he's not a finalist for the uh, top goalie in the league. He's been a, obviously a veteran presence. It just seems like they took a lot of guys that seemingly weren't all that great, but the combination has worked beautifully all season long. Yeah. 
It's crazy. Like I was talking about earlier segment. Yeah, you get those personalities all of a sudden line up too. So, I mean, it's it's really a challenge to pull that off. And it's unbelievable when it happens. But it, it, there's a lot of things that have to fall into place. The chemistry end of it has to be right. The the getting the right players at the critical positions. Like we talk about football, the quarterback, you know, is the most critical position to have a team that can do that and pull that runoff. And so, I mean, it's possible. I mean, just because you just never know how certain guys, too. For example, you get a bunch of guys that are unprotected as you're able to do your own draft of current players on, on already existing teams. Sometimes you just need a new environment, Steve. Sometimes yeah. you just need to see different oh, people, absolutely. a new scheme, a new city. And how, it's do you, like how do you find that player? The new outlook on life. I, I love that. You because, don't, because, though, because I mean, you if you're looking know. at an expansion draft, right? Let, let, again, the NFL's yeah. had expansion drafts, and, and you see names you recognize, you know, veterans that seemingly have very little gas left in the tank. I, I remember over the years, like baseball drafts, when the Mets started, this is going back to 1962, they had two National League teams. They had the Mets, they had Houston. First, they were called the Colt 45s before they changed their name to the Astros. The Mets decided to go with familiar names. They went with guys, you know, Gil Hot, you know, they want these players that, you know, were recognizable names. Whereas Houston decided to go, well, you know, well, we're going to go for some younger players. What would your strategy be? in putting together an expansion team? Are you looking for the immediate impact, some recognizable names that people might be interested in, or are you just going to roll the dice that somehow you got an eye for talent that has yet to emerge? <laughs> no, I mean, I'd be go, I, I'd, I would do the draft under the same principles I do the college draft, which is the best player available. Yeah. Now, I understand you got to fill out your team, you know what I mean? But right. I would have first, you know, who's the best guy, and I'm going to take whoever I feel like is the best football player of them all, and then if there's, you know, a tie or so, I'd have the need start to break it. And then also you'd throw in the position importance, such as like, for example, if I if if you had as your first guy on your board a running back, I would easily be able to kind of like take that score down a little bit, knowing, yeah. hey, I can get a good running back later on. So let's drop him down. And, okay, what are we left with here? So it's still going to be the best player available. And then other variables that will be the tiebreaker that sort of settles the board. And uh, you just got to be disciplined to that because it's very easy to, yeah, also to, when you got veteran players, to rely on what they did in the past. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. We're going to tell you how the emergence of a new league could extinguish another. Coming up next. Enjoying our Saturday. Hope you are as well. Steve Hartman and Super Bowl champion Brady Papinga with you here on the vast Fox Sports Radio Network. Once again, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on your car insurance at Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. We all like shiny new toys, don't we, Brady? We all like shiny new toys. New, new, you know. Yeah, you know, we get sort of in a rut and all of a sudden, ooh, there's a shiny new toy. We get a little fascinated. We're going to have a shiny new toy coming up right after the Super Bowl with the launching of the Alliance of American Football. That's right. The brand new league, and it's beginning to take shape right now. So already, uh, again, they're projected to have eight franchises. Five are in the books. And we already know who the coaches are going to be, and it's a a who's who of coaches. We certainly know the names. So the Orlando team is going to be coached by Steve Spurrier. Rick Neuheisel was just introduced. He'll coach the Phoenix team. Dennis Erickson will be coaching the team in Salt Lake City. Mike Singletary will coach the Memphis team, and Brad Childress will coach a team in Atlanta. So three more franchises hmm. to go. Hey, by the way, just a little side note that Salt Lake City Alliance of American Football. How do you think that's going to play out? 
Should play. I mean, there's a lot of fans in Salt Lake City. I'm gonna tell you that right now. And I mean, they're all gonna become Raider fans too. That because Vegas is right, you know, relatively close, about a good five hour drive mm-hmm. from Salt Lake City. But uh, there's a lot of football fans there. It's very underrated when you talk about even the quality of town that you get from the high schools in the Salt Lake area. They're all over the country and they're pretty darn good players too. So it's gonna have quite the following if they could get the right guy. All right, the so key is, yeah. You got to get guys that can connect with the community, and I would say you got to get guys that. All right, what if you get Colin Kaepernick? Stars. How's Colin Kaepernick going to play in Salt Lake City? Oh, I mean, he'll be fine. I mean, that's not a big issue. He's still going to receive, you know, the same kind of treatment as if he was anywhere else, which people will heckle him for having protested the, you know, the national anthem for having basically put his career in jeopardy and he knew he was doing that, Mm -hmm. you know, which I find it to be a hard kind of the collusion thing because he knows that's the culture of the NFL. I mean, anyway. Have you seen the the who's who of the NFL that have depositions uh, about the collusion case? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's everybody. I mean, from Jerry Jones, they just called him Bob Kraft. John Elway was there. Pete Carroll. I mean, it's like a who's who of the NFL. All right. I don't want to get sidetracked. Yeah. All right, so they are well on their way, this Alliance of American Football. Of course, again, they're trying to launch and february um to get yeah, their league together rolling, man meanwhile yeah. there's the xfl so the xfl remember <laughs> what it was, are they doing the xfl was the first <laughs> to have this idea of the spring league and this was vince mcmahon sure. and he came out saying this will not be what we saw before uh with the original xfl and and he basically laid down the guidelines which immediately this alliance of american football basically stole everything that the xfl said and so when i when well, i there's keep, a connection right it, but of course see, there's, there's a connection with the original xfl like well, the well the, 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 son or something of, of Vic, vince mcgann's partner the first one well now, dick ebersall so, so yeah dick so, ebersall there all right so there so ebersall and vince mcmahon were the ones that teamed together to create the original xfl which was carried on nbc yes. and and then they did this special that you saw it it was one of those i don't know 30 and 30 whatever <laughs> it was where they had the two of them looking back you know years later on the old xfl yeah. saying hey you know we might try that again and it was sort of like oh you know and then all of a sudden mcmahon makes this big announcement that he is going to do it again and then dick ebersall says well it was his son but basically dick ebersall is behind it saying yeah that's a really good idea but you made a mistake you said you're going to launch in 2020 because you wanted more time to put your teams together we're going to launch it in 2019 yeah so the problem for the (laughs) xfl is twofold um if if this new league if the alliance of american football um does not catch on if if this spring idea just doesn't get any traction at all how then, if you're the XFL, with basically the same league starting up, sell the idea that, well, we'll make it, in, and even though they didn't make it. I mean, that, that really would sort of kill off the idea even before you got started. That's why I was teasing the fact that the launch of one new league could kill off another league before it even gets started. But even if the Alliance if fails, of American but Football you're, you're, succeeds. But you're saying from the premise... But you're saying from the premise that it fails, right? You're not right. Saying Say, in other words, the Alliance okay. of American Football turns out to be a dud. No one's interested. No one's watching. Okay. No one shows up. And now you're the XFL saying, "Well, you, we have a different name, but essentially we have the same idea." And and yeah, somehow but they have a different gonna... backing too. They have different backing with Vince McMahon and the a know, different the audience wrestling. is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. You but he doesn't want to do that stuff. He together. doesn't want to do. I mean, at least now he doesn't want to do that. He might reconsider. If, again, but you have some more infrastructure that you could deal with in terms of promoting your league than right. you know than the uh, the American what's it called again the, the Alliance, Alliance of American, of American Football. Football yeah it's not that's even a, big, a league it's a big called thing. AAF but I'm going to tell you 
I'm going to tell you what I think, Stevie. This is a con- this is not I shouldn't say conspiracy, but I think it's both. They're not on different pages. I believe this is they're following the model of the NFL. They're looking at it like, hey, we're going to have one league that we're going to start early, get everybody sorted on that bandwagon. Then we're going to have this other league going to come that's going to compete, and then we're going to have a championship between these two leagues. You know what I'm saying? It's sort of like the same evolution of the NFL as we have it today. Where there, where this is the, there was the AFL and the NFL, and then all of a sudden, like, well, who's the best of these two leagues? Well, let's have them play the game in the Super Bowl. And all of a sudden, you got the AFC, NFC, and it becomes the NFL overall. I wouldn't doubt if that's the same kind of model they're trying to follow. Is create two two kind of competing leagues. I mean, come on, Vince McMahon's the ultimate at comp- how, how can I say this? Comp- conspiracies with competition. I mean, right. that's what basically wrestling is. And so I wouldn't doubt it if they've gotten together and they're like, hey man, we're gonna do it this way. You're gonna come out with a league. You're gonna do this. It's gonna be more of like a button up white collar league to where you know you're gonna do you know do things more by the book. So we're gonna have the XFL, which is still gonna be a button up white you know button up kind of deal, but it's gonna be more uh, you know relative to uh, the world of wrestling to where it's, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen. It's unpredictable. And so you're going to have these kind of two rivaling kind of leagues that eventually there's going to be this buildup to who's the best of these two leagues and and they'll have a championship game and maybe become one league. Wow. You know, after it's all said and done. I I agree with you. I see that. I see that. Of course, we thought that of satellite radio and that didn't exactly work out. All right. So, um, okay. So (laughs) let's give it. What about satellite radio? Well, the idea. What does that have to do with it? Well, I mean, we've always had these competitions, you know, and the idea that, uh, hey, admit, see, everyone always goes back to the model of the NFL versus the AFL. You know, the AFL yeah. actually provided a viable competition to the National Football League, and then the leagues merged. Um, and I sure. agree with you. This may be, maybe it is a plan that, hey, we'll let that league start first, the Alliance of American Football, and then it'll have a little bit of success. Again, it's got a lot of backing, obviously, from the National Football League. And then the XFL comes sure. along, and if they're both successful, we actually get viable spring football. By the way, uh, we're still awaiting uh, the announcement of a Southern California team. Now, you remember originally Rick Neuheisel, yeah. it was announced, was going to be the coach of the SoCal team. There's only three franchises left, so we have no idea where they're mm. going with this. But now the rumor is that the coach of the SoCal team, wherever that might be, and it's not uh-huh. necessarily in San Diego. It could be any, It could be in L.A. It could be San Diego. Uh, they want to they want to bring in Mike Martz. Mike Martz. Huh? Mike Martz was, was he an L.A. guy or something? I, I don't no know. Idea. Well, I mean, what he the was the Rams? Was. I thought Rick well, Neuheisel would be naturally. Well, well, Neuheisel, of course, grew up in Arizona. I guess that was the connection there before he went to UCLA. Oh. So he had some ties oh, to Arizona. Well. Uh, Mike Martz was the coach of the Rams. Rams do exist in L.A. Huh? Maybe sure, but well, that was the St. Louis. Did Rams. you ever think of Mike Martz as a <laughs> offensive genius? Um, no, I hated his offenses because they were really? so predictable and dumb. And he had a lot of like window dressing that meant nothing. I thought he was yeah, the I mean, genius he, behind the greatest show on TV. He was for a second. He was for a second. But then you have a guy like Kirk Warner wanting it. I mean, mm-hmm. he, Kirk Warner proved something. He proved when you, he could be dominant in that offense. He could be dominant in West Coast offense. You know, in Ken Wisenhunt's offense, he could be dominant. It, it wasn't a function of the scheme. One thing he did that confused people, Mike Martz, is he would do this shifting and like he'd, he'd line up in one wacky formation get you to line up as a defense and make all your checks and then he'd shift to another formation and make you have to redo all of your checks and think all these thoughts and go through this whole process and now you play you know but he, he became so predictable that the nfl figured him out pretty quickly 
And it, it was, I mean, I played against him a ton of times. I played against that offense when it was up with the Detroit Lions. When he had it in full force, it was terrible. It was easy to stop. It was it was a disrespect well, what is, to what us is defensive this? guys. The, obviously, the so Alliance anyway. of American Football has major ties to the National Football League. If, if they're looking at it as a developmental league, there's a, there's a big difference between a developmental league and what we call a competitive league. Because if, oh, yeah. if you're essentially you are a developmental league, then what they're going to want from these leagues is to give an idea of certain players. We, we said this works out beautifully True. for the NFL because you, can't, you don't oh, know yeah. all the talent. You know, you go through the draft, you go through free agency. Exactly There's still right. hundreds and hundreds of football players that at some point of their career, collegially, high school, wherever, showed they had a certain amount of talent, but maybe they just fly a little bit under the radar. If I'm the NFL man, I'd love to see some of these guys out on the field where we might find somebody like, we missed that guy. He's got, he's got talent, and we You're know that exactly will happen. Right. So, but how and the do you, NFL how do you doesn't have to pay anything like, if they don't want to. Right. You think about that. They don't have to even put up any money for that. And it's an extra resource that they need because they don't, people think that the NFL, they got it all figured out. I mean, look at the drafts, guys. I mean, it's very rare that a team will hit higher than 30% on how many guys it bring oh, in absolutely. that begin being That's high solid contributors. So, right. yeah, there's still a lot of room to be improved when you talk about evaluating and, and ultimately qualifying if players will fit or not. And this is an added rate resource to that. All right, I am going to take you in an entirely different direction. Are you Ooh, ready for this? We're this. in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. I'm going to say this because there seems to be a big controversy in what's in a name. We'll explain coming up next. Steve Harbin, Super Bowl champion Brady Papinga. Hey, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in your car insurance? means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. I told you I want to take you in a little different direction. This is a uh, yeah. something that was a big subject during the week for me. Uh, it uh-huh. had to do with San Diego State University once again being challenged on their Aztec moniker. This has become an okay. annual event for about 20 years where opponents think that the Aztecs moniker should be expelled forever. That in some way they're disrespectful of uh, the Aztec Empire, which existed, of course, back, uh, really ceased to exist in the 16th century. Um, Mm -hmm. And if you don't know the evolution of Mexico, that's basically the Aztecs prevailed for about uh, two, what was it, about 200 years. And um, and then all of a sudden the Spanish took over. And obviously Mexico is no different than the United States. It's a melting pot. Obviously, they're Europeans. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people yeah. migrated to Mexico over many centuries. So and it's hard to find out your direct lineage. You know, people say, oh, well, I'm pure Aztec. Well, prove it. I mean, you know, none of us are pure anything after <laughs> yeah. all these many, many it's centuries. Of, you know. Sure. Um so anyway, but it was sort of brought up because they challenge this every year. Uh, in fact, they actually did this. You ready for this? So they have the Aztec yeah. Warrior. I don't know if you've ever – well, you know yeah. this. You remember because you played I against San Diego State. There. So yeah, that Aztec yeah, Warrior that. will no longer be classified as a mascot. The, the Aztec hmm. Warrior will remain as a spirit leader. Now, one of the things this Aztec yeah. Warrior does, okay. and this is a man, is that like when they scored the push-ups, gone. No more push-ups. Uh, no more oh. interacting with the cheerleaders. They say it's disrespectful. But now huh. there is a wave of people that are trying to totally redo the whole idea of mascots uh, for not just professional teams but collegiate teams as well. 
and here's the criteria moving forward that they would like to see. No mascot that is human and no mascot that is an animal. So in other words, the Utah Jazz, that's cool. Uh, Orlando Magic, that's cool. Uh, Los Angeles Lakers, that's okay. But but what's out? BYU Cougars out. Um, you know, <laughs> Utah a little, Utes. well, here here's one: Golden Wyoming State Cowboys. Warriors out, out. Um, well, I mean, they're they're everybody like the Dallas Cowboys are gone. Cowboys I mean, what, I mean, gone. Redskins gone. All this kind of stuff, and it goes beyond the Redskins. I'll get to that in a moment here. Um, but again, this nah, is this is a new wave. This is preposterous. Well, they're they're, yeah, they're saying because in some way, somehow, whether it's an animal. Or it's a human that you're putting them in a position of a mascot is somehow uh, a, a, a derogatory term for either an animal or for a human being. It's the opposite. It's the actual. It's like you're celebrating that very thing. I mean, when you go in and and whatever your name or your team is, that's what everybody chants, and they chant it with the greatest amount of respect. And they go in there and they and they 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 celebrate around it. They get excited about it. I mean, it's it, to me, it's. It, it, this whole thing is the same thing with the Redskins. I, and the, my my whole argument is this. If you said, because to me it's all about respect and what it is that surrounds that word. Because we, we as, I mean, I'm a language guy because I know two languages. And I understand that languages evolve. Okay? What that means is is a word that may not, that meant one thing 50, 100 years ago could mean something completely different today in terms of the context. Well, right? and, and I'm glad and you so, brought that up. Well, hold on to that. Hold on. Hold on. And so what I, my, my always stance on this has been is this if i sat down with any uh college football prospect going to the nfl and i said how would you like to be known as a redskin Mm -hmm. a washington redskin right you know what they would do they'd jump out of their seats and say absolutely that would be one of the greatest honors for me as a football player, yes. because it's an acknowledgement that I'm in the highest level. I'm playing for a wonderful organization. I'm, re- I'm representing a wonderful, uh, you know, fan base that's very committed to the game. I mean, it's you just go down, and it's all positive. It's all this utmost respect. So when, when so the context is utmost respect, and if that's how it's being used, I don't see if there's anything wrong with it. And and the whole point is, you know, what their whole point of behind this is is to create a situation to where you aren't disrespecting. The Redskins, the Aztecs, the Cowboys. Okay, you know, animals, but let me explain from nature, the other side. Okay, I'm going to explain from the other side. All right, here's here's the other side of it. All right, I understand what you're saying, and I'm on your side. All right, so we're in accord okay. on this. But let me let me give you the other side of this. I'll tell you, as a big okay. guy in this is uh, Mark Willard. All right, Willard's a big guy in this. All, all right, because right? we got into okay. it uh, during the week. All right, so you're so, saying the big he's so, big on the other side. Okay, let's hear this. Right, because but but his point is this: is the fact that if you even if it's a small minority of people, let's go back to the Redskins, all right? So we all look at okay. that Redskin name like it, it's it's really offensive. And yet, two years ago, just two years ago, the Washington Post, okay, they did yet they did another poll, poll of Native exactly. Americans across the country. They do this every four or five years, and they always get the sense like, all right, you may not have understood the question before. Well, let's ask again. Are you offended by the Redskins nickname? And the poll results are consistent every single time. 90%, 90%, not 50%, not 60%, yeah. 90% say they are not offended. And, of course, they're like, well, why aren't you? You should be offended. They're not. They're, and they say, well, why not? Because, because we have other things to worry about. We're not worried about the nickname of a team. All right. 
So the question is this. If, if, if you're in a room, and I, I, mm-hmm. I mentioned this example the other day. I went to dinner uh, with my, my ex-wife's aunt and uncle, all right? So they're okay. in their 60s, 70s. They're in their 70s right now, and they wanted sure, to take sure. us all out to dinner, and they, they made reservations at a, uh, a place in Hollywood, not understanding that this was really not a restaurant, although they serve food. What? It was more like a millennial bar. In other words, you got a bunch of twenty okay. somethings. Yeah. And and so we're there. We had like twelve this people at this table. It was funny too, because my oldest son, Drake, he had been to yeah, this place. So he knew this place. Yeah, he's like So anyway, grass. so we're sitting there, you got these two seventy year olds, I'm there, and I got my kids there, and it's the whole scene is weird. And we're like sitting like trying to have dinner, right? So yeah. and but the music is loud and you got all these millennials and they're doing their thing. I mean it's it's one of those places, right? In Hollywood, all right? So a lot yeah. of twenty uh-huh. somethings, you know, pairing up. All oh, right, man. understandable. Okay. So at one point though, the aunt, she, you know, very nicely one of the person that was serving us said, Is there any way you could turn down the music? I mean, you just, just uh-huh. turn the music down. Sure. And the look on the face of the person's looking at her like, Go somewhere right, else. Look, exactly, right? And so, but the Find question is, restaurant but the, the, this want. gets back to the whole idea of where do we draw the line as far as, all right, what, what percentage of people is necessarily to be offended where we need to make a change? If even well, one is, person okay. finds is it offensive, yeah. is that enough to make a change? And by the way, that would lead to this idea again that if you eliminated all mascots that were related to either humans or animals, then you don't have to worry about offending anybody. And no one's going to be offended That's by the, the jazz I've ever heard. or magic. That way you're not worried about offending anybody. It's absolutely false. Because Okay, so you're basically saying the other side of the argument is if you're offending one person, then it's enough to justify making a change. Yes. Well, guess what? I'm that one person that would be offended if you made the change. I would be extremely offended if you you, you couldn't call it the BYU Cougars the BYU Cougars anymore. Well, okay, now that just triggered your example of why you should make a change. So now where are we going? You're never going to make everybody happy. That never exists because the very people that you're trying to appease to, yeah, you may make them happy, but the very people that didn't care or are on the other side are going to be upset. So you're in the same spot. I mean, if you did like, for example, the Redskins, if you're like, well, 10% doesn't want them to have that name, we're going to, we're going to go with that. Well, you've just ticked off the other 90%. You just offended them. So I guess your philosophy and that particular justification just went out the window. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're living in a fantasy well, look what land, did. universe. That'll Stanford, never happen. Stanford went from the Stanford Indians to the Stanford Cardinal. Not the Cardinal, the Cardinal, the color, and their mascot is a tree. They got the, you know, yeah. the guy running around in a tree outfit. Yeah. All right. So that's, that's about yeah. as benign as it gets, right? I mean, does it yeah. really yeah. matter? I mean, I even heard our buddy Ephraim Salam, who is a San Diego State grad. I know, and the many times yeah. I've worked with Ephraim has always said he's a proud Aztec. But when he was asked about it, well, I'm, I'm always going to be proud of my, my lineage at San Diego State University. But if they were suddenly called a, a different thing than the Aztecs, that'd be fine to me. That doesn't, that doesn't take back from my allegiance. But there were other people big money people that said if you ever strip the aztec name from san diego state you will not see another penny from me okay so so how tied are you to the cougars right yeah i mean if byu changed their name to something else or caved into you know people saying well you're being abusive to this this animal by calling them the cougars (laughs) and they went to some benign name whatever it is i mean i'd I'd be offended but i'm not that petty to where i would like okay stop 
uh, supporting the school. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or supporting the cause. I'm not that petty. It's not like it's a game changer. But it's it's the fact that it's like, why are you – like, again, why are you appeasing to the small minority of people that are offended when the majority that want the name are going to be equally as offended when you change the name? I mean, I'll still be offended. I'm not going to be offended to where I'm not going to support it, but it's still offensive because to me, it's all about the context. And so basically what you're dealing with, you're dealing with people with different perspectives of different you know, approaches to things. And either way, you're going to offend somebody. That's my whole point. And to justify the change, oh, we gotta, if we're offending one person, that means we've got to change. Eh, that doesn't make any sense because as soon as you make a change, you're going to offend everybody else. So, I mean, I, I, I believe you stay the course on this as long as you're celebrating these mascots, which in every case they are. I've never seen a mascot disrespected, booed, looked down upon, debased. As a matter of fact, it's the opposite. It's almost like it's celebrated. I mean, heck, I was the Evanston Red Devils. I was the devil yes. in, in high school. Yes. I mean, the devil. People we say talk that. about the devil all the, the time. Devils, bringing people down the to damnation. You got the sun devils. I mean, yeah. there's, you know, and then the oh, I mean, think about how offensive. many people are. I mean, there were stories like where people would walk into our gym at night and they'd see the big devil like painting on the wall. Well, look at Nick over like, here. Like, Take that dark. angel's cap off. What's that angel's all about right It's very there. religious. Yeah, that's so religious right now. I'm yeah. telling you. Some people you, talk you know, about so, the Padres. That's, you can't do a name like the Padres. I mean, so, Why not? well, again, you're, you're offending, sir. You know, if you refer cow, to them as the fires, Spanish that's name. offensive to Catholics. That's what or, I've been told. Well, I have well, no the, idea of. So the thing anyway. is, is the thing is, again, is, is you can't, you can never win the battle of we can't Thank offend you. anybody. You can't win. That's well, the point. And, and you can uh, never win that. And by the way, speaking of, I, I, I got a, a stat for you talking about how you'll never get 100% uh, of people agree on something. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. One thing we do agree on, David Gascon is always ready one call the boom and i'm always offended over something are you one of those people no, hell no I'm, something not. I hell no I'm not no way <laughs> that's like me being offended by seeing like certain women dress up on halloween as like a nurse or like as a teacher or like as a fairy or something like that where, where are oh, going i'm offended with that? Wait, wait a second how do, how do we get to that well come on what do you mean so, you're talking about like animals, do, mascots. Do, right. do, do you like the nurse outfit? <laughs> of course I do. What the hell's wrong with you, Steve? We all do. All right, we, 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 we've all been in San Diego <laughs> at different times of our lives, so uh, we're in Southern California, man. Yeah, you know that. Well, yeah. I mean, they all do right. it right here, so. Taking it in a different direction. I like it. <sighs> got to do it on your show, you know. You're a young, you're a young 60. Yeah, I'm not 60 yet, almost. I've got less than two months away. I'm 59, hanging on. Well, you can't tell if that uh, that makes you feel any better. Got some things right now in Major League Baseball. Bryce Harper with a base knock, an RBI single. Nationals and Dodgers are tied 1-1. This game's in the fifth inning in game number one of a doubleheader. Phillies leading the Cardinals 3-zip. On FS1, Toronto shutting out Oakland 4-0. This game right now is in the bottom of the seventh inning. Reds double up the Cubs 4-2. to two. Great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on your car insurance. Meanwhile, in the NBA Eastern Conference Finals continue tonight. Game number three tip-off time is at 8.30 Eastern. Cavaliers down that series two games to none. NHL also continues tonight down in Tampa. Lightning and Capitals, that series tied in game number five. Two apiece. Road team has won all four games up to this point gentlemen all right thank you very much mr gascon and by the way uh we're coming live from the geico fox sports radio studios 15 minutes could save you 15 percent or more on car insurance visit geico.com for a free rate quote yeah the idea of trying to please everybody is impossible i saw a, a poll that was done last month 
And it was a poll okay. of millennials, ages 18 to 24. <laughs> all right? You're so funny, man. You just love those millennials. Well, like, I do. You really well, stick well, I mean, to I'm, we're always told that you know, you know, when you when you get older, that you know, you're out of touch. All right. And I'm like, okay, well, let, what's and I got millennials. You know, I got a son that'll be 22. I have a son that's going to be 20. I have a 17 year old daughter. So I, I've got millennials. I mean, I, I'm I'm watching. I got, it, right? Oh yeah, I got you. Okay. Got you. So, but they did a poll, and apparently, there mm-hmm. thousands of people are people again, ages 18 to 24. And they were asked whether or not the Earth is round or flat. Okay. And sixty-six percent said the world is round, which okay. means that thirty-three percent of them said the world is flat. Okay. Okay. Now this is millennials, right, ages right. eighteen to twenty. So this is not like you know one percent or thirty-three percent of millennials poll insist. That the, the world flat. is flat. Okay. So I don't know where to go with that one. I, well, but than, just, I mean, I don't know. I mean, well, you get on a plane, you gotta get. You're not gonna just fly off into space. You know <laughs> what I mean? You're going around and around there. You keep flying. Well, there are a lot of people that believe that people. all of our space missions have been. Uh, we've never yeah, been in conspiracies space. And, we've never been in yeah. space. There never was so anyone on the those moon photos, or anything else. Yeah. So, so the photos of Earth from space don't even exist, too, right? None of that exists. Everything was staged. Okay, was, just making sure. You know, it's just like Elvis. Just making sure. You still have more than 10% of the population <laughs> that thinks that Elvis Wait. physically is still alive. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. that and Tupac. So yeah. I guess Tupac's still alive, Elvis is... Okay, I, yeah. I, yeah, okay I'm seeing where we're going with it. Well, you know but, I but believe? it gets, believe, gets back to the idea of, of trying to appease people... You know, yeah. because you get, you know, a group of people, even if it's a small minority, that insists yeah. that, you know, I am offended by this. And because I'm offended, I don't care what anybody else thinks. We needed to make a we change. We needed to change. Exactly. And my, my answer to that would always be, well, who ultimately is going to make that decision then? Who, who, <laughs> somebody has to make it's the true. final call. So who, what yeah. would qualify you above all else to make that final call, whether the world is round or flat, whether Elvis is alive or dead, or whether or not uh, the Aztec name or another name. How about the Fighting Irish in Notre Dame and that leprechaun? Get rid of that thing. Dang. Are you kidding me? Talk about That's offensive, offensive, right? That's yeah. offensive, yeah. isn't and it? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I don't know. It's <laughs> it's one of those things to where I look at these millennials, and it, you know what it comes down to? I look at it, too, well, there's two factors here. In the history of the United States, we've never had pot legalized. And now it is legalized in all sorts of places. And I believe the millennials are taking advantage of that when they they go to the polls. Second thing is, is they're contrarians. Most of the millennials you're going to find, they're going to want to oppose anything that we've accepted as an absolute fact. I'm talking like humanity as we. That's what I mean by that. And they're going to want to challenge that and challenge it just out of the sake of challenging it. That's sort of the mind of a millennial. And so when they do these polls, half of it is people are high. The other half is they're just wanting to, to, to be contrarians. And so I don't think the polls, just like the presidential polls, are very reflective of what really millennials think and believe. Because, come on, they just, I mean, you can't argue the fact that the world is flat around. You just, it's. Well, it, I mean, it's how about that? I saw another poll where 20% of people think that the sun revolves around the earth. And not the other way around. Okay. All right. So everyone's I mean, got I their own beliefs. Because you have to actually. Yeah. I mean, that's okay. I mean, cause you got to go out and, <laughs> to actually verify. That. I could. I could buy that. I mean, if you don't trust science, I could see where. Yeah. The the sun rotates around us. I mean, it seems that way when I'm here. You know, the sun comes up on the east and goes down to the west. It's coming around me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could. Yeah. 
with my, my my measuring instruments of just you know being able to sense light, I could see where that's viable. No question. All but right. Now, being the Earth flat, I mean, that means that there's. Think about it, Steve. Think about the ramifications. If the Earth is flat, that means that there's some drop-off points here on the on the exteriors here. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? On oh, the no, edges, no. there is a, something I mean, that drops off. Are you really going like here? And deep, suddenly, you have doubts about I'm it. I'm just telling you. Really? I'm just telling you. That's what. Well, it just breaks all logic. There's never been a plane that's gone off or a boat that's gone off one of those dives that these supposedly flat Earth believers think exist. So I'm just telling you that it's, it's been proven over and over again. It's absolutely false. Well, they have to believe so in gravity, right. right? They do believe in gravity. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it just seems so weird. All right. One thing the I do believe are deep. Yes. One thing I do believe is as LeBron goes, so goes the NBA. Um, let's get back to <laughs> the potential. Segue, man. Thank you. Be? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, cause I want to well, get we, back Kyrie, on track. Kyrie was the guy who believes in the flat, you know, the earth being flat. So yeah. oh. you can totally go that direction and still keep it connected with the flat earth. Yes. Well, what if, what if we were mentioning earlier about potential destinations for so LeBron James even talked about yeah. a potential sign and trade with the golden state warriors. If you missed that, by the way, I, we're not creating this. This is out there because it had to be figured out how could they actually pull it off where they would trade. And again. there's another one. You're Clay gonna, Thompson. See, there's another one. Iguodala. There is another one. Another team. And I know what you're thinking. I know oh, what yeah. you're thinking. I know there's another team. You do it. You go with it. I want you to go with this conspiracy theory right now. Steve. All right. Do Boston. Because we're on the same page. We're All thinking right. the same. Stuff LeBron right is going to the Boston Celtics. <laughs> exactly. Now, now think about this. If you're wow. Kyrie Irving, you know, like, <laughs> wait a second here. And they're like, I you wanted know, to get away from that guy. <laughs> exactly. I mean, if you're the if you are LeBron, unbelievable, and you're losing to this team, the Celtics, and you're like, wow, you got a good young coach, right? Yeah. They seem to have a solid base. You talk about stability in the front office of Danny Ainge. I'm looking for stability. If I'm LeBron yes. James, where my final destination no is, I need a place that is both stable and is, you know, obviously. The trajectory is going up, not down. Yeah. Okay. Winning, contend for championships. What yeah. better destination for him than the Boston Celtics? It'd be ideal. It really would. And you're in the East. You got, you already, you're in the East. In so the East. You, you avoid the, the Warriors until the finals. You stay in the East. You were exactly. in the East a whole career. Cleveland, Miami, Cleveland. He's an East guy. But he already has experience playing with you know Kyrie. You got an upgrade instead of J.R. Smith. You're going to have Gordon Hayward. Mm-hmm. You have a bunch of dudes that he's wanted to play with. Are those kind of like you know uh, they call them what the versatile defender guys to where they can go and defend a number of different positions. Al Horford's one of those guys. Smart's one of those guys. You got the up and comer and Tatum and Brown. I mean, you'd have the, like a stacked team, and it would be on all spectrums. You'd have the kind of in the prime guys, like the Kyries and the Gordon Haywards, and yeah, right. Gordon Haywards going to be just fine. Look at look at the the old Paul George, and then you got they had the same injury, just so everybody knows. And Paul George is one hundred percent, and then you got the young bucks that would be like you know Brown and I don't know if Rozier would even be in that category, but Brown and Tatum would be the young bucks, and then you'd have this savvy vet. One of the great all-time guys in LeBron James to just add everything up to where you got all spectrums covered. It'd be unbelievable. I mean, really. I mean, again, if you are LeBron James and you say, all right, whatever choice I make, this is it. This is my last destination. Two things I want. I want a a stable organization that knows what the hell they're doing. And... I want to see enough talent that I can win a championship. I mean, this is all about, oh, do, yeah. is there enough talent here to win a championship? And now he's getting a firsthand view of a Celtic team. Oh, Why the are they so good? Because they get con- uh, con- contributions from just about everybody on this roster. They play defense. He has a firsthand knowledge of that. Um, yeah. they, they just do the things. I mean, I, 
if I'm LeBron James, forget the Lakers, forget the the Rockets, <laughs> Sixers, Lakers all these other tough. teams. This is the team tough. that I want to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah, well, the Lakers are tough for this reason, Steve, and it's because, to me, the championship is going to, in terms of the odds of winning it, is going to determine his decision. Because he wants that one thing that nobody else has in the history of the NBA, and that is winning three championships with three different teams. Yes. And that sort of galvanizes his legacy. Mm -hmm. It puts him in the argument, you know, was he the best player ever? That's what he's going for on this last move. Now, if it's Cleveland, if he believes it's Cleveland, he's going to stay there. But it comes down to the fact that does he believe he's going to win a championship and is it very likely? And that's going to be what sways him. That is incredible. All right, so a lot of different interesting yeah. stories right there. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. How will this weekend, weekend play out? We're going to tell you coming up next. Services you need when you need them. Granger's got your back. Help keep your facility running. Granger. For the ones that get it done, I want to thank the crew today. One thing about Nick, um, he usually dons an attire of a team he favors when they're playing their worst. Mm. Uh, The Angels (laughs) right now have a four-game losing streak going. They've actually dropped into third play. They're actually behind the Mariners all of a sudden. Um, The good news is Mike Trout, longest hitless streak of his career. He was over 21, hit a home run last night to break the streak. Boom. Um, but uh, at least you, you, you're you not bandwagoning, Nick. I mean, you, I mean, many times I look up and when I see what you're wearing, it reminds me that they're not playing well. Yeah, it's, Steve, come on. It's all season. Of course, that's year after year with the Chargers. I mean, pretty much. By the way, did you hear, did you hear this? Colin Coward. This is a segment down the road. Colin put out the top 10 current rosters in the National Football League, Brady. He had the uh-huh. Eagles at number one yeah, and the Chargers at number two. He says the Chargers yeah. have a better roster than the Rams. Now, is, is that, that conceivable? I, I, John Elway, man. Well, John I mean, Elway people is... people have been well, saying John, that. Well, he's... No, now Elway said he thinks they're the team to beat in the AFC West. Can you honestly yeah, put it's... the Rams roster and the Chargers roster side by side and say the Chargers have a better roster than the Rams? No, not on paper. Well, that's I mean, what he's saying. Go, like, I'll give it. I'll give an example. Like, offensive line wise. Yeah. Is the Sandy or the excuse me, Chris, Los Angeles Chargers offensive line better than the Los Angeles Rams? No. I mean, you already got the old Whitworth right there. Whitworth that just that he already breaks that. I mean, and then you got to keep going down the line with Saffold and others. I mean, well, how about the, Rams the defensive line with Indomitian line. Sue and Aaron Donald? Is that I mean, it's better a push than because with Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram? That's a push. Yeah, because both well, they basically just cancel themselves out. Are you saying that yeah, Aaron well, Donald no, and good, Joey man. Bosa are a push? Um, I mean, if you were to Joey's start a deal, who there. would you rather have, Aaron Donald or Joey Bosa? Uh, Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. Right. It, it, your interior guys are the most important guys because you cannot, as a quarterback, step up and your your visions. I mean, the Chargers last thing, year so. gave up four point nine yards a carry for the entire season. They couldn't stop the run for the life of them. Right, and they didn't do anything yeah. in the offseason to actually upgrade that. All right, uh, I want to thank yeah. David Gascon as well. David, thank you so much as usual on top of things. And, of course, Robert Robert told me yeah, a great yeah. story that his, his dad um, has actually listened to me since the beginning of time and is a uh, big <laughs> fan of this show. I've been a fan. Oh, and yeah, uh, uh, Robert, I appreciate Steve, it. Steve, you got a lot of fans of your hair. He is jealous of your hair. <laughs> just, does your dad have What's good hair? Or is he, is he a he, good hair? He has hair, but nothing compared to what you have. Really? Nothing no. like that. 
Steve, what's your secret, man? Do you you put a special conditioner in there or something like that? I mean, <laughs> to make it shine the all the time. I'm not exactly. Well, sure. I don't know. I don't I mean, do, do you, anything. Do you have special. some special technique other than the comb over? Yeah, no. It just it just it, it's that part. I've always had a part in my hair. Yeah. I mean, I could yeah. part it. We I, I actually lost a bet one time. You told me where that, the payoff was to part it the other way. That was not yeah. easy. I mean, first of all, everything was just backwards. When you've you done had a, something, you had to kick on some gel and some. I did. Uh, I mean, I had. Happen, a, right? I, yeah. I did. Cre- made to do that. I did create the part the other way, and it was funny <laughs> because one guy said back? it actually looked well. My dad did that, and I can do that. But oh, I, you can. I could. I guess it would. Why I would. Try I would have to I'd get like a to different that haircut. You know, just go with a oh, would you? slick back. Oh, yeah, I could do that. It just, you, you have know, to get yeah, your hair cut a certain way to do that, though. I mean, you look at Robert. Robert edgier, has that. Man. You think edgy? Well, I don't, I'm not looking oh, for yeah. edgy. I'm looking okay. to, what, I'm basically, so nice what, I've, what I've tried to do is maintain the same look look since I've been five years old. Okay? And so, <laughs> as, as everyone knows, it, I wear the same clothes it. every day. You know me. I'm like, I, I do not You're change. You're exactly right, though. No. Well, no. What's funny is, is your photos. You guy. give that. You give that same such docile, nice smile with a right? nice little yeah. part on. I don't know which side of your yeah, head. Yeah. And then, I mean, it literally looks side, like a photo yeah. that you probably took. Yeah, you well, took I have a, I have school. a, I have that's, a, I have a dimple in my left cheek. So I have the one dimple. Some people have a double dimple. I have one. So I, I got away <laughs> with murder as a kid. I always, I was one of those kids. You know, oh, give them the man, smile you're and funny. You get away with murder. Oh, so, you know. So that was your life goal, huh? When you were five, you're like, you know what? I want to, I want to. I want to somehow save my look. This look right here, right when you had your first elementary photo. Right. Well, this now it's become an forever. obsession. You know, now, you know, especially with my now 17-year-old daughter, she's like, you oh, yeah. never change. I mean, you just look the same now. Like she has pictures when she was a little baby, and it's like, you don't look You look the same. The same. Right? So I That's try too to, funny. Try man. to maintain that. All right. Uh, is this, are the NBA uh, conference finals going to look the same when we're back here next weekend? In other words, are we going to get Ooh. Golden State and the Celtics to close it out? Are we still going to be talking about these conference finals a week from now? What's your prediction? My gut is that it's going. To, these are going to go to the six, seven games each series. Is my gut right? Celtics. Uh, I mean, you're facing LeBron. I mean, that that doesn't you know right there should already tell you they're going to come back and they're going to make this a heck of a competitive series. And with the Golden State Warriors, they're very inconsistent. They have a very difficult time right now handling success. They go play their best game of the season and they turn around the next game and just completely lay an egg. So, and I believe that's going to be their battle throughout the rest of the season. All right, let me stop you for a second here because I just want to get the schedule. So, if we're next Saturday is scheduled game six of the Western Conference Mm. Finals, Golden State, Houston, I I believe there will definitely be a game six. You think it'll be game six? All right. Yeah. Um, Game six for the Cleveland Boston series would be on Friday. So, is that series going to have a game seven coming up Sunday? A week I, from I believe so. Wow. I, I believe I could see that going seven. Because mm. all it's going to take is one dominant win by the Cavaliers to sort of shift the momentum of that series just right. to send just to send a message. You know, LeBron saying, "Look, we're still the team to beat." So and and, and it's and it happens at home. So I mean, yeah, that's going to be interesting. And then the inconsistencies of Golden State, where they just can't put two back to back solid performances together. And Houston's good enough to where they can get them on that. I believe that's going to go the distance, too. I tend to agree with you. But I, I keep getting back to this whole LeBron scenario here. Mm. The more you think about it, the more the Celtics 
makes Seems sense like for his that. future, right? I'm with you. And I'm, we're going to call it right now. LeBron will be a Celtic. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free an epic matchup between your two favorite teams and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with american express you breeze through the card member entrance stop by the lounge now it's almost tip off and everyone's already on their feet this is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.